in 2012, writer Jason Aaron embarked on a quest to reshape the God of Thunder for the modern age. Together with superstar artists like Isad Ribic, Russell Dodderman, and more, Aaron would take readers on a journey into mystery, and the mightiest Avenger would never be the same. The Geeksplained Book Club proudly presents The Days of Thunder. Welcome back to the best book club in the multiverse. This is the latest session of the Geeksplain Book Club and part six of the Days of Thunder, where every single Friday I, alongside my fellow Warriors 3, are going through every single issue of every single volume of Jason Aaron's Thor. And this week we are tackling volume three of The Mighty Thor titled The Asgard Shi'ar War. Issues 13 through 19 of the Mighty Thor series, and I am joined by the only two men who I would go to war with against not just an alien civilization, but also their gods. First off, the god of plentiful reading, Jacob Brown. Hey, true believers. And also the god of hating on Quentin Choir, Malcolm Russell Nelson. Fuck the gods. <laughs> and I am Gore Eric was right. Gore was right. Oh my god. <laughs> Covered that last week. Covered Gore was right week. still. <laughs> That's what we need. Those Magneto was right shirts. Oh we my god. Gore was right shirt. Oh my god. And Holy just the face shit. that we got, that memeable face that we got when uh young young buck oh. thor is riding in on the on the shark and he's just like <laughs> like that face with gore was right on a That's t-shirt funny. i thought you were gonna say like the christian bale one where he's like how exciting <laughs> oh that, that was fine but i i would go with the superior gore the superior gore. i'd read that book uh, did doc ock takes over doc gore, ock the god butcher i'm body. in i know give me I'd that be... what if yeah hell yeah Ugh. Hell yeah. So yeah, gentlemen, we are in part six of the Days of Thunder. Jacob, this is your very first read through of Jason Aaron's Thor run. How are you liking it so far? Yeah. I yeah, yeah. This this was this was a great this blew through I blew through this in like two days, like two sittings, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I'm done. I gotta go get the uh, the rest of what we're reading here yeah uh, this is that i liked this i like this story i like the segue the little side story battle that we have in the story uh it's so cool uh and mainly because of like i'm really digging our like three female leads that are helping out with this that sith and uh and ross solomon you know are really a lot of fun in this hell yeah loved baby loved getting some sith mm -hmm. love getting some sith she's loved the getting, best she is yeah <laughs> so i 
I've been I've been loving this. I've been loving revisiting this. I have been for some reason my mind blanked out this volume specifically because I don't remember a lot of stuff. Really? And mm-hmm. Some of the things that happen in this, I'm just like, oh, oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. I, ladies and gentlemen, am a Quentin Choir stan, and I will yeah. not be silenced. <laughs> Quentin Choir, we're going to get into him more later, but I fucking love this volume. This is my first time seeing this character. Really? Uh, yes, I've heard about him. And the only reason I know about them is thank you for Talison Jaffe for dressing up as this character for an episode of Critical Role, I, a Halloween ta- episode. Talison Jaffe is a treasure. Yeah. I don't yes. know who that is. Uh, uh, he, he's a D&D guy. He's a voice actor. Uh, Critical I, I Role. I figured Critical Role. Yeah. Yeah. But he plays Percy in... in Percy the, Jackson? Yeah. No, no. Yeah, well, sure. Sure. No. Logan yeah. Lerman? Yeah. <laughs> Logan Lerman wishes he was Talison Jaffe. Um, But yeah, he's, I love this character. I was really excited to see him come back and we're getting more Thor space stuff. A lot of, a lot of the series has been more grounded with Midgard, especially the mighty Thor Jane stuff. Yeah. So going back out into space was real, real fun. It was cool. It was cool. Like this is my favorite volume of Jason Aaron's Thor run. I think really Really? of the entire thing. I think this is my favorite volume. Interesting. This, yeah. I I love Asgard Shi'ar War. <laughs> it is <laughs> of all of the we we keep talking about how like this whole run is just a great Superman story. Of all of them, yes. this is the most Superman story. One hundred percent. This is specifically All Star Superman, like number two or three. I think it's two. Yes. This is the the one with Hercules and Atlas. Yes. Where they come to challenge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all this story is. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I was thinking that too. It's perfect. (laughs) This also, with that comparison, this also is very much like New Krypton vibes. Yes. It's like, oh, hey, let's have all these, let's have all these Kandorians just go and try to waste Metropolis. That's the thing. Again, this story really is just a Superman story. Like, as soon as you said that, that blew my mind. Oh my God. (laughs) It's all just Superman. That's why it works. It's so good. And, you know, maybe they should try having Kara be Superman for a while. Who knows? My work. You know what? That would be pretty cool. That'd be really cool. Have Kara do it, and then we'll have Cassandra Kane be Batman. And then we'll just reach a utopia society. Oh, Cassandra Cain be Batman? Oh, yeah. bro. If anybody deserves it, she does. Whoa, oh, bro. Peace throughout the land. Let me tell you. Peace oh, throughout all the realms. Oh, yes. Kate. All I'm Kate 10 Batman. Kate, Kate's Batwoman. Kate has Kate that. Kate can be Batman. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's all about Cassandra Cain. I want my Asian Batman. That is yeah, what I, I that is what I need. Yeah, I respect that. I get that. I finally got black Batman. I can't be mad. <laughs> I can't be mad. I get it. <laughs> though, though now that you mentioned it, I did get Asian Superman. So we're That's we're true. about dead even. We're, we <laughs> we're about dead even here. <laughs> we are one and one. So let's let's dive I'm into this. Same. This is uh volume three of the Mighty Thor, issues 13 through 19. Mm, Kicking things Epting, off. baby. Steve mm. Epting. Steve Epting is the artist Daddy. for issues 13 and 14, while Dotterman and Valerio Shiti are the artists for issues 15 through 19. 
Uh, colors for issues 13 to 14 were Frank Martin, while Matthew Wilson and Matt Lopez are the color artists for issues 15 through 19. I am very glad that you mentioned colors because the I colors have specific are so notes good. about colors here. Thank you. We're going to get into that for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. So issue 13 or chapter 13, the League of Realms rides again. And when you hear that title, you know you're in for some goodness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we see, we start off two days ago, a really quiet scene. Um, Jane is with a friend who is getting her head shaved prior to her chemotherapy treatment. Um, I love that this book takes the time to make these scenes matter to make these scenes have weight i don't know if someone in jason aaron's life has had cancer or what or what but like it feels very it feels almost therapeutic in that way of like taking the time and like like showing like this is this is still a very big part of her you know Mm -hmm. like this is this is a very big thing this i mean just to have the focus of like here's jane helping someone shave their head because she knows what she's about to go through. Not you know, Thor, that, Jane, Jane specifically. Like it, that's an incredible thing. Um, that is that's wonderful. It's so good. This we, this is like um, this was like my favorite part. Getting into this for like a while, like this this just this setup of this scene was for the this sets the mood for the entire book for me. Um, for for also like how. Um, this this we'll come to it but we'll when we talk about the love and thunder movie i i i thought of this when i was like watching the movies yeah watching the movie when i when uh when this came up <laughs> yeah so we cut to today in alfheim where we see the league of realms is doing their business we are mm-hmm. back we've got some new members which is very exciting mm-hmm. we got returning members screwbeard we've got ud we've got uh sir honeyshot my boy and we've got some new members namely the mighty thor Roz solomon um what is the vanier's name the the mage i never remember I uh it's it's rot blood rot blood, blood rot. rot yeah yeah and also super cool look yeah super cool look Love super it. cool look and so distinctly different from everybody else as yes. well yes yeah and then we've got two new members mm. the lady sif oh yeah baby. representing asgard and, and the lady angela representing oh heaven god. oh angela my god like so fucking hot we're not oh even 20 god. minutes in and we have already entered into oh what's under the god. hood a podcast within a podcast where Malcolm Russell Nelson is a thirsty, thirsty boy. Every time Angela does something, it, it gets you so sweaty. She is so hot, dude. Like, she's <laughs> terrifying. I real, love- real quick, Malcolm, answer me this. Angela, she she is yes. new, right? She just appeared. I remember her premiering or premiering in some sort of comic uh, in some sort she's of event. new when she's not new she's yeah. new and she's not new yeah. so angela is new to the marvel universe as of original sin uh the big secret that leaked about the you know as guardians from the watcher's eyes was that yeah. there was a 10th realm and the 10th realm was heaven and that angela is thor and loki's uh sibling um but 
Angela goes back to Spawn. Angela is a Spawn character who was co-created by like Neil Gaiman, but there was a weird rights thing where Image didn't really have the rights to her. And so Neil Gaiman brought the rights over to Marvel. Okay. <laughs> After like her not being around for like 15 years in comics, like then yeah. they integrated her into Marvel and then she was in like the Guardians book and all that jazz, yada, yada. But I think, uh, I think I remember reading her in the Guardians because of like, I kept staring at this character going like, I know you, I know, I know you, but I don't, but I remember you popping up somewhere like long ago. Like, yeah. Angela's got such a great design. Yeah. Like it's very Asgardian. That's why I remember. Yeah. She, she looks like she would be friends with Sif. Yeah, absolutely. Which is cool. Yeah. Angela's awesome. She's She's so so silly. I'm so glad she's (laughs) in this. Yeah. There needs to be more of her. We get a quick flashback establishing everybody, including our newest member, Titania Vitilda Vinsuvius, who is another mountain giant archer. I am so happy we got another mountain giant archer. This one talks. Uh, And this one talks. Not much. She says not much much talking. Yeah. But she's sick, dude. She's sick, bro. And you like, know what's really cool is how many women there are on the League of Realms Straight now. up. Yeah. It's like the majority, I believe. Majority mm-hmm. women. And that's yeah. Cool. And there's, there's like, the yeah, there's one. Yeah. There are nine total members now, five women, four male. We don't really know what's going on with Ood, but, you know, he does his thing. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say which is Blood Rod, because I can't tell what Blood, blood Rod is. I'm pretty sure is a guy. I think yeah. they establish yes. he's a guy. Yeah. yeah, in the in like the back material, they do establish. Yes, uh, that's right. Okay, okay, good. The design stuff, but you would not be able to tell that from the story. No, he's, he's like very, he's very. I think they um, play with that ambiguity really well. Yeah, yes, absolutely. But yeah, I love this. There, there's a full page spread showing all of them like entering through a portal to Alfheim, and this team drives. This team drives a friggin' car straight yeah. up. This is I, this is not a League of Realms. This is the goddamn Avengers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like give me this. <laughs> I, the Toklin Avengers. That was my favorite quote from this book. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> so sick, bro. No, but for real, give me a Jonathan Hickman six-issue mini. Oh yeah, with this team drawn by Pacheco. Hell yeah, baby. Oh, right. <laughs> Pacheco, Pacheco. Yes, I'd also, I'd also accept. Dodderman back, or I mean, oh, let's go, Bill Kiss Evely. Let's let's. Do, can you imagine Jonathan Hickman working with Bill Kiss Evely? It would be incredible. I love the Get the fuck out of here, Malcolm! <laughs> oh, I know. Fuck out of here. <laughs> so, uh, the League of Realms has infiltrated Alfheim to rescue Queen Featherwine. She has been a captive since her marriage to Malekith. They're able to break in there. They're able to get the queen out. Roz is very concerned about her comms that she gave everybody. She's there. She's like, clearly took these earpieces are very expensive. (laughs) She is the team artificer, and she is very mad (laughs) that no one is using her inventions. (laughs) It's a point she's like, everybody just lost theirs, right? Like, I'm never going to see those back. So very quickly, uh, uh, Jacob, 
yeah. going through this roster here. So we already established we've got um, we've got the ranged fighter and honey shot. We've got the uh, barbarian with Ood. We've mm-hmm. got um, what the druid say, with blood rot. Yeah, druid with blood rot. Yeah, we say Screwbeard was was a uh, was an artificer. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I would, I would say so. He's an artificial because of like, uh, bombs. Uh, uh, yeah, I would, mm, I would, I would de- definitely call him like an alchemist, uh, artificer. Yeah, for sure. Fa- 100%. Because of the way he makes explosions and stuff like, yeah, that kind of makes more. Yeah, um, Thor still a paladin, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, Roz is also an artificer. Yes. But more of the tech side. Sif uh, and Angela are both paladins as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know like, if I would classify Sif as, Sif I would, as a. I, I would classify Sif like a battlemaster fighter. Yeah, that's exactly what. I was oh, gonna okay, because she yeah, got okay. maneuvers. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. Yeah, she's definitely got maneuvers. Yeah, that makes sense. And Angela have... seems like kind of like a paladin of like, um, like a, pal- a twilight paladin or some sort of like kind of like. Or she's like a multi-class with like warlock. Or yeah, something, like a warlock yeah. paladin. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, Titania is obviously our ranger. Yeah, our ranger ar- archer. Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah that's, I, th- this is a hell of a, of a D&D party. Team is oh, yeah. stacked, bro. Like you, you bring that into a one-shot. You bring that into a high-level one-shot. It really is true. <laughs> I'll tell you something. If you bring that, Vecna will be destroyed. <laughs> okay, you say that, but if we get into the numbers brother. here, Malcolm... If we get into the numbers here, Malcolm. <laughs> Vecna will rise. Are you doing Rita Repulsa again? I, I know. I love Are we back to Odin? Odin's ah, Rita Repulsa. At last, Vecna will be mine. <laughs> um, Make my team <laughs> So everyone is busting in to try and uh, rescue Queen Featherwine. Uh, some shit's going down, though, because we say hello to the new curse. Okay. Oh, my God. Yes. So uh. this is the benefit of rereading this whole thing at once. Yes. I that yes. Last week. This is the benefit, because the first time I read this run, I didn't remember this. I didn't remember who this was. I didn't either. And then reading it in such a small, condensed time period, it's like... Oh my God! Everything connects together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's very cool because we get in the uh, in the next chapter, chapter fourteen. Uh, Yosalfgard yeah, no, is burning. No. I was gonna say no. Say that word. <laughs> it's Yosalfgard. Okay, we're gonna get there. Um, we cut to three days ago in Niflheim, and we get to see our girl, Lady Waziria. Who has been yeah. serving Malekith's sentence in Niflheim mm-hmm. since the end of God of Thunder? But mm-hmm. we see that Malekith is not finished with Lady Waziria and turns her into the new curse. And this is because the first time I read this series, right? I, as we've stated before, skipped. The back half of God of Thunder, which I now know in hindsight was a mistake. So I just thought, oh, this is just some random dark elf woman that Malekith, you know, turned into the, into curse. 
now I know, and it's tragic as hell. Yeah. It's tragic as hell. And I mean, you definitely feel for her in this fight. Oh, because, yeah. Like, there's there's the bit where, like, Jane's got her, and she's like, kill me. Like, he's like, oh, yeah. Jesus. Like, right, of course. That makes a lot of sense. <laughs> because <laughs> this thing yeah. is fundamentally changing changing her biologically. Yeah. And yeah. she is very very soon to be lost to this whole thing um yeah it's uh Let's talk it's awesome design by the way great design really awesome so design. good looks like a really kick-ass power rangers villain like absolutely yeah it's Mal- like if- malekith is approaching is approaching rita repulsa status <laughs> yeah. though oh, yeah. still voiced oh, yeah. by uh connor goldsmith's Celine. it this this curse self it looks like if um uh, of Zerg became like uh, like meshed with like dark magic here, like That's old school of, Zerg, like old school Zerg, yeah, like Buzz Lightyear of Star Command animated series Zerg, yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's exactly right. <laughs> Uh, quick message to the kids. Once upon a time, back before you were born in time immortal, uh, there was a show called Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, which was basically yeah. Lightyear, the yeah. show. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it was. And yeah, it was it, voiced by like even a better a better replacement for Tim Tim Allen, which was Patrick Warburton. It was yes. so good. I yeah. even I watched that and I was like, I'm in high school. What am I watching? I this love for? that show. <laughs> yeah, the show was excellent. It was so yeah. good. I was watching it while I was in grade school because once again Jacob Brown is an old man. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed <laughs> No, it's true. No, it's, it's true. I'm I'm closer to 40 than I am 30 now. That's actually a very fair thing to say. I I can't I I can't bag on Jacob I'm very quickly approaching 30 and I am in the throes of my existential breakdown yeah let me tell you something that ain't gonna end once you turn 30 bro yeah yeah great it just can't wait I'm excited yeah (laughs) you know that speech at the end of Batman begins about escalation it's actually about aging (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes does that also refer to the line I won't kill you but I can't save you either yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. You have sense. a lot of those moments when now. you turn thirty. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. yeah oh baby. yeah. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of that. Oh yeah. You oh, have yeah. a lot of the end train sequence when you're thirty. Oh yeah. great. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> yeah. Listen, Eric, you took my uh, speech about theatricality a little literally. <laughs> hey, you know what? You tried to make me kill a man. So I burned down your house and tossed you off a mountain. I don't know what you want from But me. I still save you. I still saved you. Is Ra's al Ghul immortal or his method supernatural? They really missed the fucking boat actually making Ken Watanabe Ray al Ghul. I, that's a story for another time. Yeah. God, that movie fucking rips. It's so good. <laughs> so back in the battle, uh, Curse is giving the business to the League of Realms. While, Curse is fucking whomping. Dude, just yes, like it, a fucking it is train. unfair. This is an overpowered boss fight, is what yeah. this is. It's an unfair funfair, baby. That's what it's, it is. <laughs> I have never heard that term that before. Is the title of this episode is unfair. The funfair. unfair funfair. It's from SpongeBob. <laughs> really? That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> you should have just claimed ownership of that, Jacob. We would have uh, believed you. Uh, the internet would have. The internet would have screamed at me if I did. But you're not on social media, Jacob. You don't exactly. need to give a fuck. No, no, exactly. They still would have screamed so loud that I would have heard them. That's the thing. Oh my god. He's just out and out living his day to day life. Like, huh? I feel it's <laughs> Did I say something? <laughs> it's 
like Yoda at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Or just, yes. Oh. <laughs> he starts feeling it like, oh. Dropping my cane. So we see that uh, Malekith and uh, Lady Featherwine, or Queen Featherwine, are watching the melee. And Malekith's like, hey, I'm going to puke out fire to set fire to your whole palace and explode it. And then I'm going to seal it with a kiss, which is not a kiss. It's breathing fire into your face. Bro, that is so scary and so effed up. It's metal as fuck. It's, it's so metal. metal. Also, no, he's full on just rebuilding a pulse at this point. Like, this is yeah. so Power Ranger villain. Like, you're not <laughs> wrong. <laughs> just comes just, out. <laughs> just, ah, your realm has served its purpose, my queen. My army has been fed and blooded, and now it marches to claim far greater prizes, but not without leaving you with a little something to remember us by. Bah! <laughs> now, can you read him yeah. as Lord Zed? But Lord Zed just sounds like Christopher Lloyd because it's about what Lord Zed sounds like. <laughs> oh, oh, you have to know that basically, no, you can't even do that. <laughs> we gotta get you back to the future, my realm, to the future realms. <laughs> now I just want to see fucking Christopher Lloyd with Mjolnir going where we're going. We don't need roads. And he just launches himself off into the sky. So he permanently scars uh, Lady Featherwine, and then he and Loki go to leave. And then it just this is the most slapstick <laughs> bullshit that I've it's ever so seen. I love it. He's just like, all right, let's uh let's get out of here. And he's like, oh. You're welcome to follow, but once you've made certain my divorce is final. And you see Loki just like, dude. I don't want to be a part of this. The next panel is just him launching her over the rail. (laughs) (laughs) It is like it is like uh, what's his face pushing Charles off of the stairs. That's what it felt like to me. Man, you know what I pictured? You remember back in uh, back in Catwoman, the Halle Berry Catwoman movie, oh, when no. the evil whatever her name falls Chris to her Stone? death, and it's so clearly just yeah. a dummy that's yeah. falling and flipping in yeah. air. That's yeah. what I pictured. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like whoop. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, so good. good. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, and so everyone notices, like, oh shit, she's falling. And Angela's just like, I'm not going to reach her in time. And then we get this wonderful, just coming off panel. It's so the that's way the thing. Steve yeah. Epting drew this of yeah. Mjolnir straight up coming into the page to catch her. Mm-hmm. so fucking cool drops her at a fountain classic superhero i mean it's superman bullshit. dude it's, yeah. superman. it's superman yeah. it's exactly what it is and then it hits like, all the henchmen just yes, to come back just to, to come hero. back to her the uh, hammer is superman it really is i just fucking love this so it's much so good <laughs> so uh league of realms assembles i again these full page spreads with the full team they just uh they slap let me let me they drive a music check real quick music um, check oh, yeah. i know that this is 
a theme that is specifically used for something else. But Alan Silvestri is Avengers theme, like his main yes. theme. Yeah. It's way more appropriate bum, for the League of Thrones. Like it is way more appropriate for the League of Thrones. One hundred percent. Like that is that is that. That's how you metal need, you need that. some hard brass. Yeah. With a some symbols in the back. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like that yep. is what the one hundred percent. So if anything, if there is a Thor five, make it League of Realms. Just anyway. That's I mean that's what the Revengers come close to being. It's just that there should have been more of it. Yeah. Yeah. You so know what I mean? We we needed a hundred percent more Sith. So Oh, always. Absolutely always. Malekith escapes with his forces. Um the black bifrost. Black bifrost. <laughs> so cool. How cool does that look? That Dope is, as hell. That's really Holy cool. Shit, bro. Uh, like... Thor summons a thunderstorm to put out all the fires. Uh, it's just wonderful. I I love it. And she goes to console uh, Queen Featherwine. She basically says. So other music is... cue for this was yeah. this for me as like i put on so now that we're just delving into this DD campaign i just put on <laughs> lord of the rings as a mix and just put that on shuffle and it was right here where it's just like mm-hmm. and it and it was just becoming yeah. more soft and like more t- minor key as as i was just reading all this text of poor like Thor trying to comfort the queen here. Yeah. Oh man. She Who's that? Says, Howard Shore? Is that Howard yes. Shore? Who does yes, the, the Lord of the Rings stuff? Yeah. 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 And Shore would be really good to score a Thor movie. Agreed. Yes. That would be a really good choice. One thousand percent. Like, agreed. especially if it was like a League of the Realms kind of movie, he'd be a really good choice. Oh yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah I want more fantasy Thor. Yeah. Definitely need it. Yeah, absolutely. And she consoles Queen Featherwine, saying, "This fight is far from finished, and we will fight it together." together until the end which brings us to chapter 15 oh man asgard shiar war part one a day which will live in immortal infamy now this is like when your 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 dean your dungeon master who has just been doing this like campaign for a while just comes out and like all right and you just come back and like okay so what are we doing this week Boom! Spelljammer, baby. Go into space. Into space. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, wait. This, this is wait. a fucking curve. Like, aren't we gonna continue on? It's like, no, no, no. The book just came out. We're doing Space Jammer now. I've been planning this since before you guys were even starting this campaign. It needs to happen right now. We're doing yeah. it. We're making this. A shout out to our DM AJ Kincaid, who <laughs> is one hundred percent going to pull this move on Spelljammer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He's been waiting for years for this book. Hell yeah. yeah. The original Eddie Munson. Let me tell you. Oh, 100%. They even have a very similar look. The whole time I was watching Stranger Things, I was like, that looks like AJ. (laughs) (laughs) Looks like AJ with really long hair. (laughs) He's growing. He was growing it out for a while. Yeah. Yeah. See? He needs to now like put on the uh like learn the guitar and now start playing like Master of Puppets uh from now on, basically. That's that's he can't have everything. Jacob, you can't be good at D&D, good looking, and be able to play guitar. It's just Jacob. not possible. It's, it's not possible. He's not allowed to have everything. <laughs> Save some for the rest of us. I mean, we had our chance. We, you're not wrong. We decided to make a podcast instead. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> bum, so, bum, bum, bum. Bunny well spent. <laughs> 
so we uh we start off chapter 15 in a very familiar place we cut back to asgardia being guarded by heimdall i love that heimdall's eyes are galaxies Ditto. It's a very, it's a thing that we don't always see. I love that shit. Yeah, Heimdall's eyes yeah. are just the the picture from the NASA new uh, satellite that we got this week. That's <laughs> yeah. all it is. It's just like Heimdall's eyes. <laughs> yes, it is. That's all it is. Twin nebulas, baby. Yeah. Twin galaxies. My favorite meme of that is someone on Twitter. I wish I could take credit for this, but someone on Twitter was like loved getting to see the nasa hubble telescope and it's just the world map from kingdom hearts <laughs> it made my heart so happy that's, that is, that's a specific joke for you it's such a specific joke for me <laughs> which means it was amazing yeah. <laughs> so i'm dolls just doing his day-to-day -day life thinking about what he's gonna have for lunch maybe uh when he goes on his you know 30 second break when the entire realm burns and he's daydreaming when all of a sudden <laughs> he gets attacked you you got to do the, the the dialogue balloons okay all right okay the, you know. i do love this it, it's so well written yeah. jason aaron's just such a scribe all right he writes the gods of asgard have many enemies as gods often do but even the boldest foes know better than to attack the golden city that the Asgardians call home. For those walls are ever defended by the all-seeing Heimdall. Heimdall the ever-vigilant, guardian of the Bifrost, protector of the realm eternal. It is said that his eyes can spy a single maggot in a field of freshly fallen snow from a thousand worlds away. How does one sneak up on a god such as that? The answer is... One doesn't. Though it is also said that even the omnipotent eyes of Heimdall must sometimes blink to keep his mind from being overwhelmed by all he sees. So if one were simply fast enough, fast enough to cross entire galaxies in the blink of a god's eye, then perhaps, just perhaps, War could come to Asgard after all. And Heimdall's just, no. And then, and then he just gets walloped. Fucking <laughs> awesome. And so it's like, what the fuck could move that fast? And the only thing that could possibly move that fast is someone who believes in himself more than he believes in anything else. Let me tell you something. This guy believes in belief. Let me tell you. The gladiator. Shi'ar Imperator Gladiator. Who draws oh, Gladiator better than Russell Dodderman? Dude, Holy fucking no fucking one. Okay. Shit. Oh, Holy you know what? Actually, uh, awesome. Chris Bacalo, because he drew Gladiator a couple it's times. It's a different vibe. Wolverine and the X Men, but yes, it's a very different vibe. vibe. Like, I, I love shit. seeing that stupid space mohawk. It looks so yeah. good. Yeah. It kind of made me laugh because I thought this was Mister Sinister. Because I don't read X-Men. Oh, the red cape? Yeah, yeah. I, it was the mohawk. It's actually the mohawk. I thought it was... Mr. Sinister I thought, doesn't have a mohawk. I know. That's why I thought it was Mr. Sinister. I don't read that much X-Men. That's so, <laughs> Gladiator on the page. Yeah. I thought... But I thought Jacob. Space, I thought this was space, uh, Mr. Sinister. I was like, when did Mr. Sinister go into space? You're I don't remember so that. <laughs> so, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Malcolm, can you give us a quick breakdown on the Gladiator? 
Yeah, uh, Gladiator is based off of Superman. That's your break. There it is. Yeah. This is now and, a Superman yeah. versus Superman story. Yeah. <laughs> like, hold on, he's just based off Superman. Um, I guess he's more like, I don't know. I guess like weakness wise, I guess he's more like uh, like Monel than Superman. It kind of has a similar look like Monel. Now you're speaking my Superman. fucking language. I guess he, he really is more Monel. Yeah. Um, he's- yeah, his his whole power because he's he's the head of the Imperial Guard, and yeah. his deal is he is only as strong as he believes himself. As he believes to be. he is. Yeah. So if he loses faith in himself, or if he even for a fraction of a second thinks that someone's stronger than him, he loses power. Mm-hmm. Interesting. He is he is the one person in the entirety of the Shi'ar who has a little yellow paper with blue writing of believe, believe above his door and in every room in his house. He could pull one <laughs> from his bathroom and write this first thing that he sees in the morning when he gets up and it's the last thing he sees at night when he convinces himself that he's too tired to floss. <laughs> <laughs> believe. believe. But this it's guy such believes a, and believe. It's <laughs> such a fascinating character to bring into this story of gods. Someone who yeah. only believes in himself. Mm-hmm. Right. It's uh-huh. so cool. That is that is such a great start just for this. Yes. Yes. He it, flies in, gives Heimdall the suckerest of sucker punches, and then begins lasering him. And this is when he's the leader of the Shi'ar at this point. He's ruling like, the he entire is, he empire. Ruling the yeah. Because before he was just the Shi'ar's like chief. Chief security protector, or yeah. Something? yeah, he yeah. was their chief protector, he was like their main superhero, yeah, he led his superhero team, the super guardians. Um, but he uh-huh. is literally in charge of the Shi'ar at this point, and so he shows up and he's just like, Hey, I, I, I need uh, I need to fight one of you guys, but um, all y'all can die too. And he just starts attacking Heimdall, meanwhile. On the other side of the residential halls of Asgardia, uh, Jane is awoken by Cull Borson. Everyone's least favorite, Cull Borson. This is the be- <laughs> This story arc has the best Cull stuff, though. Yes, yeah. it does. This is yeah, the most also, uh, Jane woke up and said gay rights, by the way. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. yes. I don't want to ignore the fact that Marvel had a big major comic come out that has jane foster saying straight up just gay rights on her shirt yeah yeah the, the shirt is i this love this amazing, shirt it just says big gay ice cream i need this shirt i, I want it i need the shirt I if love someone it. can find this design on t public we will all get this it's we will all get this cool. shirt we will it's all so good it. i want a big gay ice cream now <laughs> just love cool. that <laughs> love that every pride is year-round baby it always oh, is yeah baby never stops <laughs> <laughs> so she's awoken by Cull and his Thunder Guard because Cull wants to be a petty bitch and petty bitches don't sleep. And he basically <laughs> says, Hey, you're real fucking sick. Uh, you can't keep skipping out on your Congress meetings. And she's like, You don't even fucking go to the Congress meetings, you asshole. He's, He's like, like, I don't yeah. care. You, you don't either. That's the problem. <laughs> I don't it's... have to be there, but you do. <laughs> And so he says, you know what? I'm going to be generous. You have a week to get rid of your cancer. Jen is generous. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to be generous. 
you know, you, you have until the end of the week to rid yourself of this pesky cancer or to forfeit your seat in Congress. And again, we established this in a previous episode. Having Seth Rogen say this line. <laughs> <laughs> As he, after he says, like, return to your vomiting. He's just, <laughs> <laughs> just leaving us as Dude, and that, no, and that face, too, in the panel where he says, ha, hear that, Jane Foster, that is 100% the face he's making when he has that laugh. Oh, my God. <laughs> Seth Rogen is like, Seth Rogen laughing is like what a sand person sounds like when they're laughing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that's what Seth Rogen like. is a Tuscan, Tuscan Raider, Raider confirmed? Tuscan Raider, man. <laughs> confirmed? Confirmed. <laughs> uh, we were wondering who those Tuscan Raiders were in the new Boba Fett show. Yeah. Oh, my God. Now we know. Seth Rogen. If you saw them, like, if you see them, like, smoking out of a hash pipe there, you, you know that's no peace pipe or whatever. <laughs> so he leaves. Jane's just like that fucking asshole. She comes into her room and she's like, oh, sweet, Mjolnir, let's fuck some shit up. <laughs> Meanwhile, speaking of fucking some shit up, buildings are being torn asunder as Heimdall continues to battle with Gladiator. And I love that they're both beating the hell out of each other. Like, neither of them are on the scathes. This very much feels like the Vulture Mites have come to invade Asgard. Yes. But that, this was, that's what that this is the vibe that the Super Guardians have. Yeah, I dig that this so hard. Yeah. Spe- oh, man. That just makes me think of Kubark. I love me some Kubark. I love more Kubark. Um, <laughs> I love me some Kubark. I He's love... Really they're basically... Heimdall comes crashing through in front of uh, in front of Cull, and he's just like, Heimdall, rep- I was about to do the Seth Rogen voice, and I realized I can't do it. So he <laughs> says, Heimdall, report. Sentry, what sort of enemy has dared to try and face the immovable Heimdall? And Heimdall, who is fucked up, pushes some rubble off him, and he just goes, the unstoppable kind. And I love that response. Uh, Magister Gladiator pops in. He's just like, oh, hey, sweet. Open the gates. And all of these Shi'ar warships start showing up. And we know that this is going to be a full-on invasion. This is what I wanted the Dark Elves invading Asgard and the Dark World to feel like. Because this shit is scary and intense and awesome because they've yeah. never faced something like this before they've never faced something on this level. they've had you know dealings with space bound adventures yeah um but never on the scale of like hey an alien civilization is about to come and try and conquer you and it makes me think because like they're they're gods they're aliens like how the rest of the galaxy views like Asgard, like they're those oh, like Asgard. weird Amish communities where they're yeah. like, oh, these fucking people coming in saying verily and shit. Yeah, they think they're gods. Let's like... just go stomp them out. <laughs> and That's the thing, get... nobody has the balls to. No, because they're scary as fuck. Like the <laughs> just roll in, fucking drop sack on the table and just say, we have the balls. <laughs> <laughs> Read them and weep. Rolling in the deep. and we see and i could swear somewhere out in the ether while i was reading this as the ships were were pulling up to asgardia i heard some folks are born to read the flag Mm -hmm. oh that red Mm -hmm. white and blue Mm -hmm. yes 
and we get to see my two favorite characters, Q-Bark and Warbird, Fuck descending yes. from the ship. Q-Bark is Superboy done right. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. He is 90 Superboy. He is He's 90, 90 Superboy. Uh, the Metropolis awesome. Kid? Thank you so he is, much. He is You're right. Kid. You're right. My <laughs> mistake. Metropolis kid was Don't a call him kid. Superboy. Boy. He's the Metropolis Kid. <laughs> exactly. If he was a pure-ass alien, like that would, that's exactly what the vibe uh he's Jason, also you should read jason aaron's wolverine and the x-men i think you would love it it's so good it's, it's it, all collected it's in one omnibus my, now i think you would love it really he Wait, i didn't even know he did that yeah it's all collected in one omnibus mm-hmm. the whole thing since when like for like half a year what yeah. oh man it's been out for like go. half a year we have it like i hear it we have it you were in looks like it's just you and me malcolm listeners that's my favorite x-men run yeah it's all collected in one hardcover and it's the the cover is uh there's two different covers the there's one that's like a bradshaw cover from like later in the run fine but then the main one is the uh the, the baccalo? baccalo cover like the red background with like all the faces like yes bitch yeah. Yeah, yeah i need it i need it i need yeah. it it's a great run. It's a great run. It's so it's great. a really great run, Jacob. You would you would seriously love that. They go into I, space. If you're yeah. not a big X Men person, I think you would dig the shit out of that run. It's uh, it's so good because uh, it's it's this it's this stuff. It's X Men like, Hogwarts. It's, it's, it's X Men Hogwarts. Hogwarts. X Men Hogwarts. It's funny because yeah. like I because the stuff them going into space is the stuff of X Men that I don't like. <laughs> They, I, I, no, don't, I don't no, mean like I, I them going into space. They go into space to try and rob a space casino. Okay, yeah, it's so, a heist story. It, it so, feels a lot like his Thor run. Like so it's, it's Harry, a really good rough draft for that. So it's Harry Potter and the Last Jedi. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I like that. exactly. I kind of like that. And Kubark, and so Kubark and his bodyguard question mark warbird it's bodyguard up. stop she's way too gay bro she's, <laughs> uh, she's so gay bro <laughs> karma we're gonna hook up dude i know that she... <laughs> i was saying bodyguard questionable because she could kick his ass 100%. oh oh i thought you meant not, relationship stuff. no she <laughs> is stop, not bro. only is she too old for him she's way above his league she is way out of his league <laughs> <laughs> and she's 100 percent in a relationship with Carmen. I was saying because she could 100 percent kick his ass. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like she's more of a handler than a bodyguard, but her yeah, yeah. official title is his bodyguard. She, yeah, she's Secret Service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Taking King Gladiator and Warbird show up. Scared, I love yeah. them, and they are two mainstays in that Wolverine and the X Men book, Jacob. Uh-huh. So they okay. they rule. Uh, so they pop out, and I thought to myself. Oh yeah, that's where he went. Because there's yeah. a point in the book wow. where Gladiator comes and collects his son, and then we just don't see him again for a while. Mm-hmm. This is where they went. He yeah. went home. He's like, "Oh, sorry guys, I gotta go away for winter break so I can go invade another country. I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back in the spring though." <laughs> Kid Gladiator, how I spent my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Punching as guardian, <laughs> him holding like Heimdall's head, just like. <laughs> and so he shows up. We see, uh, we see the Imperial Guard show up, including including Smasher, 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 who's right there in the front. She's in the black, white, and red. Uh, Smasher, and also not Colossus. 
and also not Colossus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. Gonna... is the first human of the Shi'ar. Uh, Love it so uh, much. Thank Smash you for answering rules. that. She but... is a big character in Hickman's Avengers run. Thank you for answering that. Not Colossus, because I was actually going to ask that question. <laughs> I knew you were yeah. going to ask. <laughs> that, I mean, like, I didn't just, think you were going like to ask, but the second you were like, is that space, Mr. Sinister? I was like, okay, we have to address not Colossus. <laughs> this is going to be a problem for Jacob. If we don't address not Colossus, now. the guy in the back is not Titanium Man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is not Storm flying ahead I in the was, uh, Sunfire Mask. is not back there, nor is the yeah. John Storm. Oh, okay. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I was, I was more concerned about Bane Banshee, space banshee that's flying around over here. You know, oh, yeah. Yeah. It's destiny. She just looks like destiny. She just looks like destiny. She was dead at this time. <laughs> I know. So uh, the Warriors 3 plus Lady Sif show up and they start battling. And I love me some Sif versus Warbird. I yeah. needed an entire issue of that. Hell yeah. I needed that. And we didn't get an entire issue of that. And it makes me sad. It's not enough. Not enough Warbird. Also, not look at Warbird's abs. Holy shit, dude. dude she's, she's ripped. She's ripped. She's a fucking beast, bro. Um, also, I love Hildegard. She's amazing. Oh, oh yeah. I Hildegard rules. Yeah. Hildegard so awesome. is a better replacement. Uh, for Volstagg. Or yeah. Volstagg. Yes. Like, yeah. Listen, is, no disrespect against Volstagg. But no Hildegard freaking womps dude she's the coolest but she, he's he's much more suited for retirement as a congressman than yeah running absolutely. around with hogan and fandrel trying to like battle shit absolutely hildegard, hildegard is like hey god yeah <laughs> hildegard is like that woman on a german beer that's holding two steins in yes. between like and everything like and that. each of them is the size of a normal person's head exactly you know what we call her Mommy. Anyway, so, uh, <laughs> and that was part two of Under the Hood, the podcast within a podcast where Malcolm Russell Nelson mm. is horny on Maine. Take Don't worry, me, there's a lot of that this episode. There's there a is. lot of mommy. There's there a is. lot of momminess in this. In there's this a lot of mommy in this volume. So we see, we see Kid Gladiator shout out my favorite little holy supernovas. <laughs> He's Metropolis Kid. Um. He's like, holy supernovas. Look at these guys, Warbird. If the Shi'ar had gods with giant hammers, I wouldn't complain about going to church so much. That's so funny. <laughs> and then at that exact moment, fucking Cull just cleaves the shit out of him with his With axe. an axe. That's so sick. I love that he's talking about gods with giant hammers and just gets the shit kicked out of him with an axe. That's, that's poetry. <laughs> and he's just like left bleeding out on the ground. Gladiator comes in to enact some vengeance on call when thor shows up mm, mm -mm. giving the most superman slash supergirl like whatever entrance, this is entrance it here, just yeah. ended yeah like this is done i have deemed that this is done <laughs> and then we realize gladiator isn't here to invade asgard the trap has been sprung she the shiar are here for thor and Gladiator and Thor get into a little tête-à-tête. Uh, -tete. They start kicking the crap at each other. Kid Gladiator heals very quickly and attacks her as well. Everyone restrains her, and then they warp out. And you did not... forget to mention that there's a really great line here where uh, Guardian hits uh, Thor. 
with some eye beams and she's like who are you and he's like you're recommending oh, <laughs> oh man as God's reckoning. <laughs> which is really cool i just think that's really important to point out <laughs> yeah so he warps out with a this is magister gladiator no power to the teleporters engage now it's like, we're going mobile <laughs> <laughs> hi dear listener uh if you're a person who doesn't like dark knight rises go ahead and rewatch dark knight rises because it fucking owns it's, it's, it really is tough. it's so awesome it's so fun it really and honestly oscar worthy performance tom hardy yeah that is an uh, unbelievable performance he- Honestly, he had to work with that thing on his face and like had to like go, redub his voice. Give it up for him for like, like that is an Oscar worthy performance. Yeah. I think he deserved that Oscar now. I kind of agree with that. It's incredible. <laughs> so good. <laughs> okay, you know what? I'm just gonna chime in here as a voice actor, dubbing over scenes where a person doesn't have to match with lip flaps. Not that fucking hard. I'm just gonna say it. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. be that guy as someone you know who's that's had fair. to do it. Okay, you know that's, that's fair. fair. It's not that fucking hard. That's fair. But, but all but props to that, him. Yeah. For picking up Christian Bale and breaking his back. Yeah. And yeah. then just allowing the film crews to film him while he does it. Exactly. So <laughs> Thor wakes up in this strange chamber and finds that all the Shi'ar guard around her are kneeling. Doesn't know why. And then she turns and she sees two figures. As Gladiator says, Welcome to Macron Palace, Thor of Asgard. Now kneel. Kneel before the gods of the Shia and pray for mercy. Hell yeah. The fire Hell yeah. Rises. Hell yeah, the fire rises. The gods of the Shia, which we have never seen before. Yeah. No. No, yeah. And no. it's so cool. They have the coolest visual. The way this is the color stuff. Yeah. The coloring on them is unbelievable. How it's, it's just otherworldly. They look completely otherworldly. They look unlike anything else you've seen on a page on a comic. It's incredible. They stand out so hard. It's so bright coming off of this is where like digital really works out well. Cause I, I, I've been a big fan of like digital comics just because the coloring stuff is all done digital now. And so mm-hmm. like it really looks good digitally, like on a tablet compared to like, you know, in a comic, like a paper or a trade paperback or something like that. But specifically, I mean, the gods of Asgard look unreal. Did because the Which is hilarious because bright. both Jacob and I are reading this in hard copy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You won't be able to, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah. because of- But, but, but even but, but, so, even on the page, the colors are still so vibrant. It's Every so page. strong. Every page that they're in, they are, they are just emulating this light that is like, phenomenal this i mean that goes to the next cover is unreal yes it's a sideways cover of jane like sideways and then the gods like uh inverted against her like so cool if you turn it sideways it looks even cooler because it looks like she's facing down two supernovas Mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing it's great so chapter 16 the asgard shia war part two the challenge of the gods we see that in Macron Palace, Thor has been brought before Shara and Kithri, the Star Mother and the Father of Light, creators of all time and space, supreme deities of the one true cosmic chosen people, the everlasting Shi'ar. 
They look like the kind of gods that Prince would pray to. One hundred percent. These are oh the gods you watch over the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Like for this, sure. These are the gods that give you purple rain. Oh my god. Yeah, these yeah, are the gods absolutely. that know what it sounds like when a doves cry. <laughs> they created the bad dance. Uh they're the gods, gods that believe in the party man. <laughs> yeah, party man. They create they know how to party, man. These gods know how to party like it's 1999. Let me tell you. And those <laughs> are all the titles I know. So we're gonna finish this bit. <laughs> so, that's it. That's all the yeah. <laughs> Fuck. That's right. God damn it. Um, so they have come to Thor, or rather, they've brought Thor to them for a challenge of the gods. They're saying we want to teach you how it is to be a god. We have seen all over the place that people are praying to you when they should be praying to us and that's a problem both of them are i mean these two asgard or these two shiar gods are so sexist because they haven't had a problem with anybody else being prayed to but then here's jay yeah but at the same time they're also they're also the couple that would show up and be like hey we saw you from across the bar and we really like your vibe it's true. It's true. We wanna we wanna see if you're worthy of our time. Though. We wanna see if you're worthy of our time. That's exactly <laughs> that's what this whole story is. That's exactly oh, what this is. So this is a courtship. The courtship just, of how of amazing would that be? The swinger couple. That would be so amazing if it just ended with just the two of them wanting to fuck Thor. That would be actually so funny. We never explicitly hear them say it's not. Yeah, that's it's true. Spiritual. We never Honestly, explicitly hear them the say that's not the, the end, reason. It's kinda like she said no. Yeah. 100 percent you know yeah, what that's a really kind of good does read. that's a really good read yeah okay that's that's what it is now that's talk about a god complex hey <laughs> and there's the title so <laughs> thor goes to gladiator and she's just like are you fucking serious dude like this is bullshit and he's like and he kind of goes yeah i know but you know they're the gods and we and then the homeboy just swoops in fucking just Twilight vampire him. style. Just, say I boom. know. <laughs> He's like, you will not speak. You will not speak until spoken to. <laughs> you dare apologize to her? Like, they kick the shit out of him immediately, which gives us a couple a couple things to to chew on for the rest of this. One, perhaps they are stronger than him. Perhaps it's just because he believes in them more than himself. That's mm. the thing. Yeah. And also, they are bad gods. Yes. Just right yeah. out the gate. Yes. Yeah. They are Old Testament gods. They are the Old, Old Testament. Testament for, for you sure. Bible heads out there, they are definitely the old god in the Old Testament who's like, mm. well, you don't believe in me? Fuck you, I'm burning you down. Don't <laughs> 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 believe in me. Oh, you'll believe. <laughs> oh, yeah. Think about your kids, your stock, everything. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And so the, the two gods begin to kick the shit out of Thor when all of a sudden we hear a little voice off to the side. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, but uh, I'm afraid I'm going to have to insist that we follow the proper protocol here. And who do we see? Motherfucking Shadrach. Shadrach. He's back in a bendigo. My Shadrach man. is back. 
so return of the Shadrack. Return of the Shad. Return of the Shadrack. I'm a father, son, but now. I don't know the words. Uh, so. <laughs> no one knows the words for Return of the Mac. The they only know Return of the Mac. Return uh, of the Mac. So Shadrach is, he, he says like, you know, there's an order to these things. Trial by combat isn't scheduled until round 17. And we find that there is a lot of bureaucracy to this. This is an official challenge, uh-huh. which means it's basically like a legit, uh, American Ninja Warrior challenge. Yeah. And he's, and I love that he continues on the, uh, hello, I'm Shadrach, God of Daffodils and Documentation, and I'm here from Omnipotent City to officiate this <clears throat> challenge of the gods. And I just, I love bringing Shadrach back. I, I love seeing him again. This was another thing that I didn't remember. I didn't either. Uh, the first time I read this, I was just like, oh, who's this little guy? I like him. He's cool. <laughs> Holy like, oh, right. He's the guy from the beginning of Goddamn God of Thunder. He was the God of Bob. He was the God of Bob's. <laughs> I love uh, that he's a different God of something else. I Yeah. It makes you wonder well, how powerful is Shadrach, actually? Well, but yeah. remember that that was part of his psychosis because he kept telling Thor he's a different God of different things every single time he'd bring it yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, and he does it the same here. Every he does it the same thing here, but he's not. Yeah, I, you know, he's not under duress or anything. It's, it's actually the gods of all these different things. I think Maybe. it's still. I think it's still a side effect from all the tragedy he's still suffering. I think so too, but I love that it's more of a bit now, and it's less about his trauma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like, ah, I'm just gonna lean into it. It's just a lingering effect from all of that. Yeah, Ugh, Let's poor just guy. Yeah, you know, he does what all of us millennials do. We lean into our trauma. Mm. Oh, yeah, baby. So cutting back to the Congress of Worlds. Everyone's having their session. Jane is once again not present. Volstag is having himself a little, uh, what is it? Mr. Rogers goes to Washington. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Filibuster moment here. Yeah. yeah. Filibustering. Yeah. Patton Oswald is talking about how the Star Wars and Marvel <laughs> class together. Yeah. The day began with a quick breakfast of Belchnite bacon, poached Leviathan eggs, sautéed space mushrooms, baked Asgardian beans, black dragon pudding, crow blood sausage, house stew, dwarven mountain oyster. Like, I mean, there's a lot. You, you, You put a little, like, tone pitch down on Patton Oswald. He'd be a great... Full stag. That, he would. That would be uh, Pat Oswald. Do you know who he recently voiced and is a great one of? He's Modoc? a great Uncle Ben. What? Who did he? Where? Oh, where did wait. he? He's Uncle Ben on the Marvel Spider-Man cartoon, which I've yes, yes, great really? as Uncle Ben. So good. I yeah, I didn't catch that because that show sucks. No, it doesn't. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> They did Superior Spider-Man, bro. And it was bad. It was okay. awesome. What? It was so fun. Nah. Yeah. It was actually tall. I, I actually liked that Superior. I really like nah. that show. I, I really like did. it so far. It's a lot I, of fun. I think it's a good, it's a good, good show. The only on. problem I have with it is that Miles is always there. Everyone's always there. Everyone is always there. And that's the Everyone's problem. Everyone's always yeah. there. Yeah. That's the only problem. I don't yeah. give a shit about teenage Dr. Octopus voiced by the same guy who did Robin in Teen Titans. Aww, I don't what? give a shit. He's cool. Also, but, he's older than teenage, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. I don't know how they, I, I, I don't know. Everyone's I, 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 teenage I, 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 in that show. 
Matthew yeah, they did. Is in, they did the uh, whatever, dude. I like the whatever, the, dude. They also did the Clone Saga. That was kind of nice, a little bit. I actually tolerated that. I'm excited to get to that. That was, that was actually that was actually really good. I, I like impressed. it. It's fun. I don't know. Eh. It's it's better than Ultimate Spider-Man was. Oh yeah, like fifty miles. That is an incredibly better. low bar, my no, friend. Fifty miles better. Like it is so it's much better. Incredibly than low bar, though. Yeah. I mean, the Ultimate Spider-Man did give us Donald Glover voicing Miles. So, yeah, but this yeah. has Neji Jeter, who is just officially the voice of Miles That's now, that which great is awesome. One hundred percent. Like I love that. That's cool. Just great. across the board, except for the movie, he's the voice of Miles. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, nothing against uh, Shamik Moore, but they should correct that. Just, I get it. I get like, it. Just have it be one actor. That's it. <laughs> so anyway, Volstex filibustering. Yeah, he's doing his thing. <laughs> uh, we cut back to uh, the throne of Asgardia, where uh, Cull is being he's tr- he's being uh, convinced by Sif and the Warriors Three to go after the uh, the Shi'ar that attacked them. And she decides to show off why she's such a dope fucking character. Ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't read the Journey into Mystery Sif book. The Catherine Eminem run. Do yourself a favor and go read that book. Jacob, you should read that because your boy shows up in it for a lot of it. He does. That does. I I actually put that on there. You mentioned this before. I kind of wanted to read this that is all collected in a giant complete collection as well it's not like an omnibus but it's a nice like soft cover Um, you can find uh, that it's worth picking boulder book yeah triple b what is it the journey journey into mystery mystery into mystery but it's written by katherine imminen who who does the art on that again um valerio skeedy did some of it uh i remember his work on a couple other people too but yeah. yeah solid run sif is wonderful in that there's mm-hmm. some there's some balder there's some beta ray bill huh? there's a lot of beta ray bill there's a lot of beta ray bill it's Love a lot about that relationship yeah, yeah baby so good um also uh if anyone is going to be the person to come to a god and call them a cuck and a coward it should be <laughs> it should be sif because i love that that's all this conversation is it's just sif being like you're a fucking cuck like <laughs> oh, more like cuck <laughs> he's like hey you can't call me that you can't call me that i'm the king i'm the king regent she's like no you're what you call all the other people you're some soy boy pathetic cuck boy. no i'm not no I, i'm a, i'm a i'm an i'm a sigma male I'm a sigma male. Sigma it's like, male. yeah, a sigma cuck. No, <laughs> no, it's in his no I'm not. And she steps on his cubes, and he's just like, oh my god, you're right. <laughs> Let's go invade. <laughs> That's all this conversation is. But again, I do love that she is the one to be because there's this great moment where he's like, take back your words, Sif, or I will take your head. And she goes, make me. And I just, oh, I fucking love Sif. She's so great. I love that Sif is clearly not on his side, but she's like, listen, we need to take action. You are weak right now. <laughs> like, what are you doing? She's, she's like, I, you want to look like, you want to make Asgard look strong? This yeah, is how we do this that. This is how we do it. Be a hero. <laughs> and it's 100% not about that. She no. is trying to but rescue Thor. Yeah. Which but is awesome. she is so good at what she does that, and she's so intelligent and so much smarter than Cole. It's not even close. Lady Sif is just such a great character and never gets enough play. And I'll just say it: 
Jamie Alexander should have been Thor in the new movie. Who knows? Oh. So hot take, hot take. What? Um, so Interesting. She, she should have been. So we see her give this killer line. She's like, "Show me, call the serpent, what that you have, what it takes to lead the gods into war." We cut to Chandelar, the Shi'ar throne world. And we see that we are here for round one, which is the challenge of natural disasters. Can I just say, I'm really bad at taking tests. Like just, there's something about taking a test that just psychs me out mentally. It's it's the pressure. I'm just, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a super guardian, you know, and I I don't believe in myself. (laughs) And that's just the thing. But uh, this is the worst test of all time. <laughs> this test blows. Yeah. So Yo, you know what? I'm going to say it. I'm a real good test taker. I suck <laughs> at studying, but I'm a real good test taker. And even I was like, oh, fuck. I hate this, this test. test sucks. Like, yeah. <laughs> this entire challenge of the gods sucks. Because <laughs> they go to basically the crown city of the Shi'ar and they're like, tidal wave. And Thor is just like, what the fuck? And so she goes off script. She like flies off and they're like, wait, where is she going? Does she not know she has to wait her turn? And she goes and we see all of these she are panicking and this mother is clutching her child to her. And she's like, close your eyes and pray. She's like, take us into your arms. We And then all of a sudden the water whips up into a tornado and just is expulsed out into the sky. And we see Thor there. And all of a sudden, all praise to Thor. All praise to Thor. Mm -hmm. That slow clap into the chant. And all of a sudden, it's just like, (laughs) oh, shit. All praise to Thor, savior of Chandelar. And you see Shadrach, you know, writing that down. (laughs) Documenting. (laughs) As as the Shiar God's like, I've always hated this round. It's like, yeah, let's move on. Let's go to the Battle of the Plagues. It's like, like, this is bullshit. The Battle of the Plagues? (laughs) What? (laughs) because you know what this is thor's playing with the big boys now that's all that for those of you and i've been waiting to talk about this for an entire week for those of you who have never seen it once upon a time there is a magical animated film called the prince of egypt and when moses returns to Egypt to plead with his brother to let his people go. Mm -hmm. He is beset upon by these two charlatans Mm -hmm. who are essentially the grand viziers of the pharaoh. And they do a wonderful song called Playing with the Big Boys Now. And that's all this fucking is. (laughs) And I love it to death. You mean the best part of that movie? The best part of Uh, the movie. Starring starring, starring Steve Martin and Martin Martin Short? Short? Yeah, yeah. Is that the best part of that movie? Um, Let's go with that. That that musical number is the best part of the movie. Let's just all of the musical numbers in that slap. Yeah. To because the to the promise land. But also also we've got um the the whole like uh the, the plagues, the plagues battle. Yeah. Like yeah. I love that let my people go. go. 
Um, Good just, movie. Just all of it. Just great movie. If you haven't like, lately, watch it. Really go well. back and watch that. It's after so reading this, because all of this is is by the power of raw. We'll play <laughs> with the big boys now. And it's just, it's so good. It's so and good. that's what this entire back half of this book is. So we cut out to the uh, the edge of Shi'ar controlled space. Shi'ar doing their little patrols when all of a sudden they get rocked. And they're like, "You know, what just, ha- what just hit us? Fusion mines, tachyon bombs? And they go, uh, I believe they're called arrows. And we see... Cole Borson shouting, Archers, ready, Archers, ready another volley. <laughs> the rest of you prepare to board for Asgard. For Asgard. Hell and we yeah. We see Asgard bringing war to the Shi'ar. Hell yeah. Ain't no goat boat here, baby. Chapter 17, <laughs> the Asgard Shi'ar War, part three, when the stars threw down their spears. What a cool fucking title. Mm hmm. And so we are now, um, I don't know which, uh, which round we're in, but we are, uh, we are watching as, God, we are watching as a supernova is sent hurtling through space. And uh, uh, Shara and Kithri are basically like when our super comet crashes into a civilized system, billions will die all for the glory of Shara and Kithri and for victory and the challenge of the gods. And and fucking uh, Kithri goes, or at least for 12 points in this particular round. <laughs> I love that it's a point system. It's a point system. It makes so much sense. And Thor calls on the Mother Storm. Oh, so cool. To smite this fucking supernova. And 100% takes out a supernova with a god storm. Yeah. I I fucking I love it. She's an icon. It's so cool. She like, is the moment. This this story is important because it, it it's important for the rest of the run because this is when Jane truly becomes a god. Just yeah. Through her actions, through everything she's doing here, she truly becomes a god. And it's the first time that the mighty Thor becomes really a god and is is seen that way just across the cosmos for all of these things that she does. And that is very important for what goes on with the character from here. Absolutely. And it's, uh, it's interesting because like, I don't know if they bring it up during this. I can't remember, but there is, there's a moment when reading this when like, why didn't these gods get shanked by gore? Like what the fuck? And it's a good question. You that think about question. it and it's like, cause these are 100% gore's mo like these guys fucking suck yes and Mm -hmm. it's almost it's showing why jane is worthy and we're going to touch on this because we have a question in the mailbag later but this is when she truly goes from hero to god yes and it's also an interesting time again we'll touch on a little bit later but it's an interesting timing what with this taking place or this coming out alongside the issues of unworthy Thor. Yes. Yeah. I love the parallels. This issue comes out at the same time as like number five. Yeah. Unworthy Thor. We really find out like, oh, that's why Thor isn't worthy anymore because he believes no gods are worthy. Uh, and this story is proving right. No at gods least are worthy. One is. 
but she is she's and she's not inherently a god yeah maybe people are worthy and that's interesting yeah that's so back on uh chandelier we see this guy about to sacrifice his son for the gods you know classic old Testament. again old testament is hell yeah <laughs> and i love that his dagger is shattered because thor gets mjolnir in between and she forfeits she forfeits the round the <laughs> inspirational infanticide round goes to us insane, <laughs> insane. these oh god these rounds are ridiculous she's like look at her she doesn't even know how to make it rain fire and brimstone huh thor, thor just she forfeits again she she goes and fights she's like we spawn an entire race of giants from nothing but dust and she spends all her time trying to stop them from indiscriminately murdering does she even understand how this game is played Genesis round. Genesis round. Genesis. 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 <laughs> For uh, Star we, Trek fans, we, we finally get to the uh, the plagues round, which is horrifying. Yeah. And then, oh, God, yeah, we are very fastly or very quickly approaching the apocalypse round, which I do not want to see. <laughs> and so she's like. I'm done with this. I demand trial by combat. And they're like, nope, we got to we got to get through this. We got to do, you know, we got to go through all of these. And we also, if you want to fight us, you got to do the ultimate judgment. And everyone's like, and immediately Shadrach's like, no, 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 we don't need to do that. It's a bad idea. It's a very bad idea. And and apparently they also have a genocide round, which is, again, terrible. Oh, jeez. Meanwhile, a few light years away, uh, Sif and the Warriors 3 are absolutely stomping these Shi'ar forces alongside the might of Asgard. Hell yeah. Hotting. Gladiator, uh, Kid Gladiator, and the rest of the Imperial Guards show up to do battle. We're having war in the stars, which I find very interesting. And... I love this moment specifically because Gladiator rolls up and we know the damage that Gladiator can do. We've seen it. And so they we have a soldier go, oh, Lord Call, they appear to have brought reinforcements. Rather impress a bunch of them. And Call's just like, yeah, well, so did we. And uh, we only needed to bring one. Introduce yourself, Destroyer. I popped so <laughs> big for this. Sick. Because... It's- Sick. The only thing that might be able to rock Gladiator's shit is the Destroyer. <laughs> uh, they, oh. Again, one of the best things that the movies have done is uh, introduce that the gla- or that the Destroyer opens up its face in order to let out the energy, like that mm-hmm. the energy is inside of it, and that like horrifying sound, the bong sound yeah. It's coming so out because cool. you can you can almost hear it immediately. Like once you see that in the art, Dotterman, yeah. again, it's my favorite God. part in the first movie. Dude, it's, I rewatched it, that last week. It's so good. It, that sequence, that movie awesome. drives. It and, totally drives. And no death, one like, talks off. about how Days of Future Past totally ripped off the Destroyer. Yes. with their future Sentinels mm-hmm. and their little face beams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Once again, Kenneth Branagh, the blue, the blueprint. I know what to tell you. Uh, yeah. That is one of two of the best movies that Kenneth Branagh has made. <laughs> the other one is 
His Hamlet, I think, is the best movie. His I was going to say yes. His Hamlet is the best movie he's made. Thor is the second best. Hamlet, <laughs> I do yeah. love that movie. For sure. It's as close to an accurate interpretation of Hamlet that you can yeah, get, like the full complete. Specifically, play. how long it takes Hamlet to fucking bite it? Yes, yes. It's too long. Yes, it's yes. too long. Mm-hmm. So we see days ago in Macron Palace what instigated this whole thing. Is that yes. someone brought Thor to the attention of Shara and Kithri? Who was this person? Fucking Loki. Tom Hiddleston? Oh my Tom god. Tom Hiddleston? Um, what are you doing here? What are you doing and here? Why are you wearing a parka? Uh, <laughs> yeah. He's basically, look, he's like, look, everyone's praying to Thor. No one's praying to you. And that's what started this whole thing. Because yeah. it's not the end goal. This is a distraction. It's a distraction. <laughs> so the rounds continue. Uh, the challenge of the gods is starting to get towards its final uh, final rounds, and Thor has had enough. She is starting to get pissed off by all this. She challenges them once again, and they're like, "You know what? Cool. Unleash the ultimate judgment." And we see that. This is Omnipotent City. Priority request received. The ultimate judgment has been awoken. And we don't find out what this is until the end of this volume, so more on that later. Jacob, did you have any did you have any guesses of what the ultimate judgment would be before uh, Well, I imagined it was some sort of like I imagined it was some sort of X-Men thing. That's what I thought of. Uh like if, Okay. That's what I thought of it as. Which uh, is interesting because they, you know, get into that pretty immediately. We get actually. into that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. So and I, I could my, totally see that. Yeah. I thought my question was answered when the said yeah. X-Men thing happened. And Good. then, yeah. Good. The bluff happens we, well. Good. Yes. yes. Yes, it did. They just told you the story is just a distraction. Like, <laughs> like it really was. <laughs> it was a great distraction because I was like, oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so Thor finally gets a good old wallop on Shara, just as Gladiator and Kid Gladiator are thrown through the wall of the Macron Palace. And Gladiator's like, the Destroyer, never have I felt such power. Kid Gladiator's like, I can't feel anything, especially my face. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I love it so much. It's so good. Um, Cull busts through on his ship. Just Gods like, of the Shi'ar! Gods of Shi'ar! <laughs> Prepare to make peace with your fears. No, that's Gladiator. That's Gladiator. Oh, that's Gladiator? This, everyone, this is Seth Rogen, remember? I thought that was Everyone cool. can wear a Bane. Everyone can wear a Bane. Yeah, Bane is no longer a person. He is He is a noun. He Bane is, is, is a noun. <laughs> he's, he's a people. Bane is a concept. Bane's Bane's a a concept. Bane is a people. Oh my god, that's so funny. It's 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 not a place. He's a people. He's, He's a, people. a people. He's a people. <laughs> He's all of the people. He's not a person. He's the people. Ah uh, yes. Oh my god. Ah uh, yes. The four gender identities. Oh he, she, they, and Bane. Bane is it. a people. You can't forget it. It's also a part of that. Bane is a people. I am a people. Oh god. You the people. <laughs> So everyone squares up, prepared to do battle with the with the Shi'ar gods. And then we see, off in the distance, a nameless world, somewhere in the darkest corners of the cosmos. The ultimate judgment 
has awoken. Which brings us to chapter 18, the Asgard Shi'ar War Part 4, the Omega Kiss. And can I say how much I love this cover? Of course. Yes. I love this cover because it features my guy, my boy, the icon himself, Quentin Choir, but also just the face that Jane is making. Yes. Like really <laughs> Agreed. She is so unimpressed by him. Yeah. Like, uh, also, you know what's impressive is that Marvel got away with having a cover where someone's giving a bird. <laughs> kind. Oh, God. Stop you. Oh, boo. No, I mean, I mean even boo. not with the phoenix coming off his fingers. He's literally, like, giving the bird. Like, no, he's doing two piece. He's doing a peace sign. but No, he's not. He's yes, British. He's giving it's... the bird. You can see oh. his thumb right oh, there. He's, he's not British. What are I... you talking about? Quentin Quire is British. Shut he the is 100% not. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? about? He's literally Britpop. I thought he's what are you like, He's appropriating it. Like all yeah. American teenagers do, they love appropriating Brit culture. Yeah, he's British. No, he's not. No, yeah, he's he's British though. Anyway, Earth somewhere in the Atlantic he's Ocean. British. Does he say he is? I didn't even know. No. That. If you read right. Morrison's Run, he's British, man. He's not. Oh. He never says that. Anyway, <laughs> we we come to uh, an island in the middle. Of the- Stop. I'm not fighting you on this for the rest of this episode. Uh, we find Quentin Choir, Omega Level Telepath, Reluctant X-Man, staying on the island of Krakoa. No, not that one. Uh, <laughs> oh. Which is really funny. It's the little mini island of Krakoa. Sentient Island, also an X-Man. X-Men are weird. Yeah, that's what? all you need to know. Yeah, okay. about the X Men. X Men are weird, bro. Yeah, yeah, this and is I, weird. I love Quentin's shirt. Ask me about my mutant agenda. I love it. <laughs> Quentin so Quire good. has the best shirts in Marvel Comics. Quentin Quire was the first person on page to wear a Magneto is right shirt. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. So you know, you got to give him points for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Mister Miracle, eat your heart out. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Uh, so he's chilling, chilling on Krakoa when all of a sudden, who comes through the Bifrost? It's just the best little party that I need to have in a book altogether. <laughs> a book that has two this... of the best Mohawks in Marvel Comics and two of the best <laughs> women in Marvel Comics. This four it. is your Marvel Ultimate Alliance like dream team. Yes, <laughs> like, it this is, is. This is your dream team for Ultimate Alliance. This right is my Before. team. <laughs> I wow. would die for oh, this God. team. <laughs> Marvel Ultimate Alliance 4, bring it to consoles, you cowards. Give me <laughs> this team. And this is the only team I will rock. I may sometimes swap. I don't even know who I'd swap out for Cyclops, specifically Teen Cyclops. But either way, <laughs> this team rules. This is my Fantastic Four. Okay? <laughs> yeah. This is my Fantastic Four. <laughs> Yay. So funny. Can't wait for the MCU so I can do the not my Fantastic Four. Not hashtag, my Fantastic Four. Which is pictures of all these four people. <laughs> and so uh, they've basically come to Quentin to say, we need your help. We've got uh, we've got something happening and uh, we we need you specifically for some reason. <laughs> and Quentin's just like, yeah, I'm not interested. And Thor's immediately like, okay, he's not. Let's get out of here. This kid's weird. She's like, we, we got to figure out what the Phoenix is doing. He's like, whoa, 
Say, hold on a second. Did you say the phoenix? You said phoenix. <laughs> no, you didn't do it right. You heard, whoa, wait a minute. Did you say the phoenix? He's not British. <laughs> He's not. Hours earlier, Macron <laughs> Palace in the far reaches of space. The battle against the Shi'ar gods continues to rage. Uh, as Thor is striking some mighty blows against these gods, as uh, Gladiator shows up, uh, he's just like, you know what? I'm done. This is a fight for gods now. I'm done getting my ass kicked by a sentient piece of scrap metal. <laughs> <laughs> you can believe in my ass. I'm out of here. <laughs> and so as they're fighting Shadrach, suddenly gets the call from his little uh his little glow stick and he's like hey guys guys no more fighting i'm shadrach god of peace and persimmons and by the power vested to me by omnipotent city i command you lay down your arms and he says that there has been a victor and he's like the winner is thor thor wins the challenge of gods shari and kithri have no idea what he's talking about they turn around like Darth Vader, like, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> no, I will never forget the best voice line in Star Wars. Like, what? The, the best what? James Zero Jones like, voiceover what? that he's ever done. <laughs> it's it's so not good. speeches or anything new. It's just him turning like, what? What? And that wasn't actually even in the script. The uh, engineer was like, oh, yeah, James, just so you know, for this session, we're paying you scale. And he goes, what? <laughs> so, <laughs> and so they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's just like, no, the scroll doesn't lie. Thor failed miserably in lots of challenges. <laughs> but extra points were given here at the end for something the record keepers of the omnipotent city have never recorded in all their many ends of challenges. Thor inspired other gods to fight in her defense gods who cross the cosmos to wage war in her name such inspiration mm -hmm. much wow much wow just this little human from staten island which let's just <laughs> we were gonna get here eventually let's just go off on this fucking tangent now <laughs> ladies and gentlemen boston jane is dead I'm sorry, but but the same voice can stick around because she's because from Staten, Staten Island. Island Jane is alive and well. Oh, no. She's from Staten Island, and it's Staten the same Island voice. Jane is now oh. a New York Knicks fan. Oh, she oh, believes God. in Patrick Ewing, oh, and does she just get even sexier for me? So now, <laughs> not if you think oh. of it. Not if you think of her being voiced by Pete Davidson. There you go. No. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going back. He's going the king of Staten Island. That's <laughs> she's the god of Staten Island. She's There's the god of Staten Island. Oh, okay, There's a fucking right. difference. Okay. Right. What is a king to a god, as the saying yeah. goes? You know, okay. that's what I'm talking about. No one yeah. man should have all that power. <laughs> <laughs> she 100% has a Carmelo Anthony jersey, right? <laughs> right? Like that's, we've switched that, from the Larry Bird jersey to the Carmelo Anthony jersey. That oh is God. in that is in the closet hanging right next to the big gay yeah. ice cream shirt. <laughs> for, sure. for sure. That so day she was debating so, which one is she gonna wear, and she's, she's like, like oh, I'll go for the ice cream. Like the ice cream softer material. Yeah. 100 percent ring spun cotton. Well, yeah. <laughs> 
but she is routinely you know what now i need to see it i need to see her with the with mjolnir you know whipping around wearing the carmelo anthony jersey over her thor regalia someone make that fan art (laughs) i love it so much (laughs) oh man and her uh she also has an uncle named pat riley and it's <laughs> that's just how it is oh my so God. uh she, basically the uh the okay. challenge of the gods is over thor has won and they go to kill shadrach and he's just like kill me and spend eternity in the entropy dungeons beneath omnipotent city and they're like you know what fuck this actually fuck us and they proceed to straight up just get down and dirty in the middle of the throne room in front of everybody. <laughs> they said, you don't want to join, Jane? Fine. We'll keep going. <laughs> but I do love this line. It says, kiss me, darling. Kiss me and end all creation. And that's the end of the Omega. Kiss. All right. That's my last princess. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle. Brought it all the way around. <laughs> oh my god. That, that was, was the best come around joke. Well played. Well Honestly. Done. Well played. I didn't I didn't realize you guys weren't gonna do that. And I was like, oh wait, well, no, well we have played. to save god. it. Holy shit. That was amazing. <laughs> I was just about to say, like, how how absolutely wet that kiss looks. Donovan is full on make out here. It, it's hot. It's hot, but it's also wet. Like, look at that tongue action. It's it's That's burning. Right it's burning the saliva right off of them. Like, as that is like you, you are you are right. We don't get enough tongues. In That's a straight up like tongue about to go in a mouth. That is a yeah. hunk of hunk of burning love. Dude, and she's like, already got her hand <laughs> firmly on his ass. Burning love. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Got her hand in his fucking. She's like, so she's about, about to, to go right through there. Yeah, she's there. about to go. Oh, oh, full, full that's the stop, stop, that's the stop. This is a family podcast. Oh, no. It's a family podcast. No, so, not anymore, when, did it start? when did it start being a family podcast? So, um, yeah, they they make love, and their love is the Phoenix, basically. Yeah. yeah. Because they summon the Phoenix. How do you guys feel? Because I've, I've seen different discussions on whether the Phoenix should just be Jean Grey, whether it should be this otherworldly force how do you guys feel about the phoenix and do you like this portrayal of it being something that can be summoned by the gods of the shiar i i like it for this story because i think it flows well with this story but jason aaron keeps fucking around with the phoenix mythos (laughs) doesn't he just he just keeps fucking around with what the phoenix is to the point where like He's made it way more confusing now as to what the Phoenix actually is. That's a him problem. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, full on. It's just him for the last like 12 years. He's been <laughs> fucking around with that mythos a lot. <laughs> um, I I like the Phoenix always being tied directly to Gene. I like the Phoenix always being a a part of of Gene specifically and a part of what uh what she means to the universe. I, I like that there there is always just going to be the two of them at the beginning, at the end of everything. There's the Phoenix and there's Jean Grey. I think that's really interesting. That's really cool. And that's something yeah. that you don't get with a lot of other kind of legacy things in the universe. Um, she's like the avatar of this, like of this, yeah. of this God, right? Yeah. This, this I, I love that. I yeah. love that there's always that. Now other people can definitely have the Phoenix and that's cool, but I love that the Phoenix is, 
much like the symbiote with with spider-man the phoenix is always kind of just horny for a gene gene yeah i exactly. love that and i get um, it <laughs> i mean she's no emma but like gene's starting to grow on me you know you know what why not both says scott summers ooh, 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 the first the first few pages of hellfire gala this oh week oh my god ooh. the entire hellfire gala the entire hellfire gala was one big win for scott summers let me tell you but but i mean we got to see gene and scott fuck on the page twice <laughs> twice on two separate full page spreads spreads. they fuck <laughs> while having conversations about the x-men which is 100 how scott summers makes love yeah yeah midway through he's like with his eyes you know, closed with his eyes closed midway through just like you know i've been thinking about this danger room sequence that would be really good for training because we don't face enough of <laughs> we don't face he's all enough. business he's, he's got scattered brain yeah i get oh it you know he's got a lot he's got a lot going we, on we love a king we do we love a slim king and so we we see gladiator who has made a 100 percent or just a 180 turnaround of just like after all i've seen today i say the imperium has no gods and he goes we're done we're done engaging the asgardians and then we get the reveal that the phoenix has been unleashed jane immediately whips out into the into space to go face it down she is struck by it and all of a sudden gets some visions jane okay dying asgardia Mm -hmm. being torn or i think that might be old asgard being ripped apart possibly mjolnir melting it's it's yep Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a creature that we will get into in a little bit Mm -hmm. that we already saw the hand of yep and uh, two doors opening up. Yeah, the two doors. That was the thing that was got to me. And there's, you can see in the crease of those two doors that there is a figure on the there other is. side of that. Uh huh. That is. was like, that's what got me. It's like, oh, I didn't know what is. So Thor comes run. crashing down. Uh, Kithri is just like, ah, oh, fuck you. Phoenix is gonna eat your shit. And then he gets one of the most satisfying fucking punches to the noggin. Oh, yeah. Just oh, the yes. one that scrunches up his face, breaks his nose. Gladiator is back to believing in himself, baby, which means he is stronger than these gods. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Kid Gladiator goes for Shara as well. Just I swinging and just, I thought we would never get back to the punching. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone comes together. They're like, okay, we don't know if we can stop the Phoenix. And Q-Bark's just like, Actually, I think I know a guy. Which brings us to Quentin Choir. We see the Destroyer try to deal with the Phoenix. Does not work. Oh my god, does it not work? (laughs) (laughs) And then we see as the ship sails towards this Firebird, Jane readies Mjolnir, and Quentin summons his tk shotgun which i absolutely love i love the shit out of the tk shotgun she's like you know what we'll probably die trying to fight this thing and he's like yeah at least i'm not bored anymore and then we come to the final chapter chapter 19 the asgard shiar war part five to face the phoenix with just one of the coolest covers 
just a all of the cover. covers slap. Yeah, this this is this is the story that has I think the best covers. Mm-hmm. All of them are very dynamic. You are not wrong. Like, but this one, this just again the blinding light of this cover. Yeah, it, you feel the heat and the intensity come off of the phoenix on this cover, and that's amazing. I we're love, not just talking about sexual tension. We're talking about I, literal. <laughs> yeah. I love the. Uh, I, I I've been meaning to say this. Like I've been loving the artwork in the sense of that. Like every panel looks like it's been burning away into another panel and everything like that. Like the the yeah. Uh, every time the phoenix has been a rose, that was the one thing that was really cool about this. Mm-hmm. It was just the it was just the fire around each each panel. Everything, everything. is burning. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's it is so cool, um, and even just for this, you know, initial two page spread, just watching the fire consuming everything, the boat, everyone's getting like, oh, blown away. We see mm-hmm. fucking Quentin is just unloading rounds into the Phoenix, doing absolutely nothing, and then Jane is enveloped by a white light. Specifically, the light of the white hot room. Eric, Which, explain the white hot room. So, Jacob, you have no context for this, right? Uh, well, no, but I kind of got the idea of it when we like uh, when this happened. It was kind of self-explanatory. So, the white hot room was introduced in Grant Morrison's X Men, specifically as the innermost plane of existence of the Phoenix. It's where all the decisions are made. It's where the Phoenix makes every choice and can turn the tides of history. Mm. In Grant Morrison's X-Men, this is the moment in the white hot room where Gene tells Scott to move on because otherwise the course of Marvel Comics would change and everything would eventually end horribly. The White Hot Room is the soul of the Phoenix. And Mm. only very few people have been inside there. Jean Grey, Scott Summers, Quentin Quire, to name a couple. And now we see Jane. I think the first human ever let into the White Hot Room. Yeah. And she comes face to face with the soul of the Phoenix. Which, again, is drawn very much like a Jean Grey. Uh-huh. and uh-huh. the phoenix offers her a deal she basically says look i i'm gonna i'm gonna make you an offer there are so many things going on you you're dying i can ease you of that i can ease your many burdens or at least of one particularly heavy burden she wants Mjolnir. And she says, I will spare the rest of the cosmos. I will go back to sleep. I'll go back to my little bird hibernation. You give me Mjolnir and you can all go in peace. And Jane says, you know, she gets like, you want the power of the God Tempest because you're afraid of it. Then you know what? No. No. She says, uh, if you don't fear the hammer, then it looks like you were wrong about something, about me being the biggest fool in all the cosmos. Phoenix just wallops her and is just like, look, 
I offered you the chance to die with dignity. I assure you, no other such opportunity awaits you. I'm going to burn you all alive. I'm going to end you. Molecule by molecule. And Jane realizes, wait a second. This isn't real. This is all in my head. I'm still floating in space, still holding my... And you see Jane stand up with Mjolnir. And we don't get many images of Jane holding Mjolnir because the moment she touches it, she turns into the mighty Thor. So seeing her with the hammer, cancer and all, is incredibly cool. And she gives us the famous line, you want to eat my hammer, lady? Then by all means, take a big bite. And she wallops the phoenix. In her own mind. In her own mind. Yeah, yeah. And, and, the hurts, fe- and then in real time, the phoenix is screaming out in pain. And I love in this full page spread how you see the transition, the, the transition from top phoenix into uh, the bottom phoenix. Yeah. Like, so cool. It's such so good art. Cool. Yeah. And Brilliant so design work. Everyone's like, okay, we, we're going to do this. And she summons up the god storm. And she says, phoenix, you call this a fire? Try chemotherapy sometime. Bring it on, you paltry pigeon. Taste my mother's storm. And then Quentin is brought into the White Hot Room. Because the Phoenix realizes, oh shit, I'm having a rough time. Uh (laughs) So he comes to the Phoenix and the Phoenix is like, "What what are you doing here? And you're not, you are not ready to be my avatar. He's like, actually... I am at, you know, I am definitely not, but you're going to want me to be. And we see off screen him make some kind of deal where the God Tempest is being used against the Phoenix. The Phoenix is fighting back against it. And then as Jane hears. Or Jane says, hold strong, Mjolnir, it's you she fears, and we and we have her on the... And we hear a voice say, nay, tis not about the hammer or the axe, tis about the Thor. And we see the unworthy Thor, a stride tooth grinder, with Yarnbjorn in hand, here to help Jane. And the two of them rage against the dying of the light, and there is a moment when Jane says there's a flood of emotion, rage and desire. And Odinson, did you once date the Phoenix? Uh-huh. <laughs> so and Thor does not answer. work anymore. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and you can tell alongside that whole thing with the, uh, the ancient Hulk, how uh-huh. much that Avengers of 1 million BC story has changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Again, the same guy. He's just been tweaking the whole thing. Once again, tweaking the whole thing. With the mythos of the Phoenix a lot. <laughs> and so the Phoenix is called back and we see our boy, Quentin Choir, wielder of the Phoenix. I love that look for him. I love how his mohawk is just burning into the fire. I love that so the cool. symbol of the Phoenix is on his shirt and yep. everything and glows. That's really cool. That's sure still wearing his short pants though. That's what he does. That's what he does. See, you're you're over here saying that Quentin Choir is number five. 
but uh 100 percent and aiden uh, gallagher would have killed it as quentin he needs Quire. to be more british bro no he <laughs> doesn't <laughs> He needs to be more Timothy Chalamet than he does number five, bro. Ooh, Stop. Those were no. fighting words. Yeah, no. Yeah, oh, man. You lost the fight before it even began by mentioning that kid. Omnipotent City, Nexus of All the Gods. Continuing on. Uh, Shar and Kithri are wrapped in chains and dropped off on the stoop of Omnipotent City. Shadrach arrives and he says, There will be no more challenges. Those two have been arrested. You will be. You will face the judge of the Parliament of Pantheons for your reckless disregard of divine law. Uh, Shara says, "This is preposterous." Just who the hell? Do, who in the hells do you think you are? And Shadrach goes, "I'm Shadrach, god of incense and incarceration, and you belong to me now. I will show you a few things I learned from Gore." And I'm like, "Oh shit, Shadrach's metal as fuck." <laughs> Shadrach's gone through a hard time, but you know what? We love to see him thrive. Yeah. He's a sick some bitch. Sick some bitch. Uh, we also get another shot of Phoenix Quentin, this time wearing sunglasses. I love Because it. it's so bright. I'm his sorry. Features, his, his I'm going to bring it so, up again. His future's so bright, he's got to wear shades. <laughs> I'm going to bring it up again. Look at his fucking mouth right there. He's got like, he's got like the big two prominent teeth right there. He's fucking British, bro. Do you think only only British people have overbites? Yeah. I've seen Austin Powers, yeah. I actually, <laughs> actually haven't seen Austin Powers. Wait, what? Oh, that's awful. <laughs> Try again. Try it sometime. It's a nice, it's a nice little, it's a nice little movie. It's a time capsule of a movie. Asgardia, City of the Gods. <laughs> where <laughs> The, I got the power of the <laughs> Phoenix Force now, baby. Yeah. The Shi'ar stop. <laughs> the Shi'ar uh, Imperial Guard are partying with the uh, with the Asgardians. We see this great moment where uh, Kid Gladiator has gone full Metropolis Kid. Where he's yes. like, "Hey there, uh, want to ride in my spaceship?" <laughs> <laughs> and Sif is just so unimpressed. She's like, "You're this whelp's bodyguard. Now would be a good time to do your job." He's like, did I mention I have my own moon? Which is a real thing. Which is a real thing. Uh, and then my the favorite background. part. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part is gotta be, don't talk big boy. Just let Hildy do all the kissing and she's hitting on the, the destroyer. destroyer. And even the destroyer's like a question what? mark in his head. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> like how drunk do you have to be to start hitting on the destroyer? That's awesome. Bro. Hold it's like up. those people who get yeah. really drunk at like outdoor malls and start trying to make out with mannequins. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think you mean my Tuesday nights. Yeah, Malcolm's Tuesday nights. My Tuesday nights. We cut back over to the Congress oh, of man. Worlds where, of course, Jane's cancer is not gone. And Call has called for her immediate expulsion. And he's like, I actually have a great replacement. <laughs> Cynthia Schmidt. Oh my God. Like, what the fuck? Will Stands, are you fucking serious? The daughter of the Red Skull? And he goes, I don't see what her parentage has to do with her qualifications, said if they're both stag. 
<laughs> he goes, she's a murderess, and he goes, of course she is. She's an Earthling. All they do is kill each other, which is really funny and accurate, yeah. and also very accurate. Yes. Okay. Uh, but Jane says, uh, "I said I was resigning. I didn't say it was up to you to find my replacement." And we get Senator Rosalind Solomon uh, riding in on her goddamn flying car. She loves that car. She loves, she that, loves that, car, that car, and I, I love that love car for her. I love that car. She just comes in just on top of she's very much like in Ragnarok with Loki, like your savior is here. <laughs> exactly. She comes riding in on this car. She's like, Yeah, I'll be one of your space senators. She's so fucking cool. She's, she's, so, she's cool. so fucking cool. She's the yeah. best Thor love interest. Straight up. Yeah. Like, because I don't see Jane as a love interest for Odin's son. Not anymore. Absolutely yeah. agree. But Rod Solomon is a love interest for both Thors. Yes, she is. Because she's, she's a love interest for Thor, not She's a love Odinson. interest for Thor. Not the Odinson, but Thor. Thor, yeah. I love it. I so like Roz that. takes on the the mantle of Senator. Jane is free to uh, do more of her, her superheroing. We cut back to Muspelheim, where we see uh, Loki and our boy. Big drag energy Malekith. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ready to meet the queen. The queen of cinders. Who they have been hailing her arrival. Uh, we see back on Chandelar. Uh, they say we prayed and he came. He came and saved our moon from the reign of asteroids. All hail the new god of Shi'ar. All hail the phoenix. And we see Quentin Clyre. Phoenix and power. It's saying like, uh, I, actually, you can call me Quentin, and I do need to be getting back to Earth soon. But no, don't stop groveling. I like that part. I too love. Right. I love Quentin Clyre. I'm ignoring you now. Um, <laughs> it would be good with a British accent. We cut back to <laughs> Asgardia, where Odin Odinson is not happy that he can't go see his mother. Mm-hmm. Um, Odinson and Jane have this moment together where Jane kind of catches him up on everything and Odinson catches her up a little bit on what's going on and she says look I've got I'm sorry I've got a story of my own I need to tell you (laughs) something I should have told you before you uh you might want to sit down for this one I can't wait for Alex Bornstein the voice. Jane. Oh my god, that'd be yes. so good. I'm yes. so happy about it now. Want it. <laughs> Need it now. And then we get this final narration as the book ends, saying, And so ended the challenge of the gods and the epic clash of the Asgardians and the Shi'ar. Thus the gods returned to their lives and to their other wars, just as the Phoenix Force returned to its own mysterious ways. Minus the small piece of it that Quentin Quire had absorbed. A trifle to the great cosmic firebird. Nothing more. As usual, the phoenix had its sights set on other faraway interests. But still, the memory of Thor burned in its mind. The memory of being turned away by a paltry little would-be god. The phoenix, however, is far from the only force in the heavens that feels anger toward the gods. Something had been unleashed from these events. Something ancient and primal something unstoppable and the phoenix smiled for it knew that gods would die and that thor would find her fate in the flames after all 
for the Mangog was coming. The ultimate judgment of all the gods. They say that once it is awoken, nothing that lives, nothing that breathes, can hope to stay its wrath. They are right. And we see the Mangog traveling towards Asgardia on a collision course with our heroes, who have no idea what they've got coming. The Mangog. Fucking love the Mangog. The Mangog. He's so gross and silly looking. It's so cool. Such a classic Kirby character. I was so happy. It's it's Kirby as fuck. It's Kirby as fuck. I love it when they like bring such like characters like that from the middle. Grace that motherfucker. Oh hell yeah. So that does it for uh the Asgard Shi'ar War. Gentlemen. What was your favorite part, and uh, what did you think of the book overall? I'm going to go to Jacob first. Oh, no. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> we do this every week, Jacob. Oh, Why are you surprised by this? No, uh, no. Oh, I was God. thought you were going to go to Malcolm because I have a little time to like contemplate what I think is my favorite. This is this. Okay, so this drives so hard around the world like a thousand times. Uh, this this volume was so good. Goddamn right. Um, it's it's. Um, I was I really love. I, I love getting into the, the 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 main campaign, which is just Malekith and the, the and what he's doing, and then just taking a hard t- right turn to to deal with some space stuff. I, I think it's great. I, also, thank goodness, thanks guys for like you know like us taking that little side trip to read Unworthy Thor to get into mm-hmm. this because it actually does make sense. It was really cool to like see that worked its way. Um, yeah. Everything in this is so good in terms of like. It gave me the like whole like uh, uh, the phoenix and everything and stuff I didn't expect and like uh, pretty much just Jane's turn of trying to be worthy of an actual god, you know. Um, I I'm trying to think of like my favorite part of this, and it's gotta be it's gotta be I don't know it's gotta be probably like little moments like Voltstag and talking about like uh, Sin being the replacement for Midgard and um god just just there's a lot of two more little more this whole book is just my favorite this whole book is just the 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 best part of like why this thor is like my favorite thor right now yeah there you go malcolm uh like i said this is my favorite volume of the run like of jason Aaron's entire thor run which it's like smack dab right in the middle but it's my favorite volume of his whole run uh i love it um i don't have a favorite moment but I do have a standout character, uh, Sif. Yes. Because this yes. is the volume that really brings Sif in. Uh, and this is, if memory serves, this is the most important that Sif is to the entire, like, of Jason Aaron's run. Um, and I think, uh, she, I, I don't remember for certain. I, I feel like there might be more stuff. Later, There's but, some stuff coming. Okay, cool. I, I couldn't remember for certain, but I, I very clearly remember this stuff. Uh, yeah, I think this is the best Sif stuff. And also, this is the closest I've come to liking Cull. Cull is fun in this volume. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Because he has character growth, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. neat. Um, yeah, I, I love cute. this volume. I think this volume is... This is some of the best superhero comics you'll ever read, is this volume. Yeah. Uh, it's great to have the context of everything all around it, but you could yeah. just read this and be totally fine. This is the most Superman it gets. 100%. Yeah. Um, God. I'm, I'm with you guys. The, this, this volume absolutely drives, drives. It all drives. Um, I drives, really, I dig this a lot. I don't know if it's my favorite, 
because I still I I still have such a like emotional attachment to Unworthy Thor, but I love this story to death. I love how it shows that just how much Jane is worthy of not just the hammer, but also of her role as Thor. Um, I love the characters. The art is spectacular. All three artists that are featured here. Um, the colors, as Malcolm talked about, are stellar. Um, I've got two favorite parts. The first one is the first assembly of the new League of Realms. Uh-huh. I love that roster. They yeah. rule. Um, and then the other one is the opening, the Asgard Shi'ar War. Just Heimdall minding his fucking business and then getting jumped by Gladiator. <laughs> Having yes. all of the Shi'ar roll-ups in Kubark uh, and Warbird show up. I, I love the start of this. And the rest of the book does not let up. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. This book is wild. But uh, before we get into next week, we've got some mailbag questions, which means what time is it, Malcolm? He changes it every time what he actually says, and I love it. Um, so, our first uh, our first letter comes from good brother and uh, friend of the podcast, Adam Stringfellow. Hey, Adam! Adam writing back in. Adam, Adam checking in with you. Phone. How you liking Thor? We want we want to know how you're liking it so far. We want to know. Yeah, this is a telephone call. Please answer right now. <laughs> We're well, calling you call. right now, Adam. I'll wait for my answer off the air. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Adam writes, hey team, hope you're all doing well and having a nice week so far. I saw Thor Love and Thunder while I was back home on leave last week. It was eh. too comedic for me on my end, especially with a heavy subject matter like stage four cancer. And the CGI was definitely in need of some work, but it was okay. If anything, it made me super interested in knowing more about gore in the comics at least. For my question this week, I want to ask the three of you all this. What are some qualities or characteristics of your favorite superheroes that you can't stand or find annoying? And what are some qualities or characteristics do you admire in your least favorite superhero? For mine, for example, Batman and Spider-Man are my two favorites, but they both have a a hyper-independence of I'll do this on my own mentality to the point of being incredibly toxic to some degree that I can't stand. Probably because that's a trait I see in myself a lot of the times and what I'm trying to work on. With my least favorite, I absolutely hate Hawkman. Like there has never been a story. <laughs> like there has never been a story or adaptation of him that has convinced me he's even a somewhat interesting character. That is especially so when compared to Hawk Girl, who thanks to Justice League is leagues and bonds better than him. Though I will say he has yes. a somewhat cool design. That's about it. Anyway. Would love to hear the three of y'all's opinions on it. It'll be fun to hear what y'all have to say. Take care, team, and I'll catch y'all on the flip side. Best, Adam. Oh, so man. I would say, because my my favorite characters, um, I, I guess I'll just take it to one, uh, Clark Kent. Clark Kent has no. Terrible. I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> no, it's a good take. Honestly, thanks, good take. Thanks. thanks. Uh, Superman does have that same trait at times though where he feels like he has to take everything on by himself because he feels like he has a responsibility to help people and not ask for help and that in some of his stories is some of the most compelling 
uh, where he feels like he's burdening people with his problems. And maybe, again, that's something that I feel in my day-to-day life. So that's something that I really don't like about what he does. But that would be mine for him. My least favorite. Um, God, I, I don't know if I have like a least favorite character. Um, but I, I, w- I would have to think about that. So let's just do a round first of what's something you don't like about your favorite character. Malcolm? So my two favorite characters are uh, Steve Rogers and Scott Summers. Yes, two favorite comic characters. Um, and both of them have the same problem in that both of them are often seen as boring goody two-shoes because they always do the right thing. Uh, and so people always say that those two characters are boring or they're stuck up or they're, you know, full of themselves or whatever. And that is my biggest problem <laughs> with that, <laughs> is that everybody has the same boring opinion. And it goes to Superman as well. Yeah, Those are the three who are always perennially actively trying to do the right thing, do have some challenge with it, but they are so steadfast in doing the right thing. They don't really doubt what they're doing whatsoever. And, and I would and, agree with that with, uh, with Steve and Scott, because that's something that I dislike about them is that they are so immovable. Once they've made their mind up, there is no changing their minds. Yeah. Like that is, that is, and it's often because they're right. Usually. Usually they're right. Um, But that is, that is a problem. That is, that is a problem because everybody else sees that as a problem. So definitely Jacob. Um, We're, what is it? We're talking like, we're we're talking about what's your least favorite favorite, trait of your favorite favorite quality of your favorite character. Yeah. Um, God, it, I was trying to think, and I, I honestly don't know how to answer this question. I because like there, there's a lot of things I love about like every character and stuff like that, and usually, whatever little thing about it, it really is like. I mean, this is just a generalization, but I really don't like the fact that um, these mainstream like Marvel and DC comics that like you know they they never learn from their mistakes. They just always rinse and repeat cycle of this um, of what they've what they go through and mm-hmm. it's just like it's like they never learned a lesson from that that's kind of uh why i loved invincible was because like yes he he has that rinse and repeat in the beginning of the series for like a good while but it isn't until like he learns about cecil with the rihanna men and the the yeah. white room that he just realizes oh this is this is not just black and white that there there is there are people willing to work with the enemy because they see some see that as more of like more uh, not more of like once they're bad they're definitively bad forever no they're just bad because they've been misguided in a certain a certain way but if we turn them to the light to fix fix themselves to be a certain way to help us yeah. maybe they could be in the benefit of the good on the good side once in a while yeah. and where mark is just like no no you're you're a bad guy you just did something bad you you're forever marked like that like that kind of mentality is uh, uh, is is very cool, but when that kind of mentality is in like with Marvel and DC, it it, it doesn't it doesn't go to that far. They don't they don't learn from that. They just know that that happened, and that's just to keep in mind for like later on. It's not to learn a lesson. I I think that's probably what it is. It's just like my superheroes don't learn lessons. They yeah. learn they learn yeah. reasons, but they don't learn the lesson. 
I figured that your least favorite thing was going to be uh, that Howard the Duck is trapped in a world that he didn't make. Oh, well, that's just... <laughs> I, I really thought that's what you were going to say. That's just understood. That's silently understood. You know me so well because I was trying to think of something with that. <laughs> I, I know like, you like, What can I find that's a problem about like, What Howard do I Duck? not like about Howard He doesn't nothing. say, wah, enough. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's it's more the fact... I If you want to argue with something with Howard the Duck, it's that the, is that the like nobody takes him seriously i think that's the yes yeah. that's the biggest issue for me is that yeah. nobody takes him seriously. he's seen as a c or d lister always when yeah he's, not. he's yeah. he's seen as a freaking roger rabbit cartoon everywhere yeah. he goes and it's and nobody takes him seriously and it kind of like makes me mad he yeah. needs a rocket raccoon treatment you know yes, what? he does rocket raccoon seriously now yeah. he needs to be rocket raccoon real. yes they need to hard. put him on like an actual team or something where he could be the Rocket Raccoon. I totally agree. My favorite, one of my favorite. Put him on the League of he... Realms. Oh, oh my god, god. that'd be, be great. Fucking Having fantastic. him running around in his suit. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Muspelheim. <laughs> um, for the second cool. half of the question, uh, my least favorite superhero, probably just because of overexposure, is Deadpool. I do yeah. love the moments that we get of him being sincere. Oh, that's good. Uncanny X Force mm-hmm. specifically, um, and the, the Duggan, the Duggan run, yeah, are incredibly sincere takes on the character. Mm-hmm. Where you good, get bad, to and the ugly, exactly the one best the Deadpool great, story one, ever. One of the best comic stories ever, actually. I Legit. But you get to see a lot of how he masks his pain with humor, um, and you get to see him genuinely care about stuff, which I really enjoy. So that's my favorite quality about my least favorite superhero. Malcolm, do you have an answer? Mine isn't a least favorite superhero, but it's the least favorite comic character. Uh, It's the Joker. Mm, Um, Yeah. And my favorite thing about him is that he's an agent of chaos. Jesus Christ. (laughs) He's like a dog. Chasing a car. I wouldn't know what to do with giving a hot one. <laughs> That's my favorite thing about a Joker. It's truly unpredictable. He's a mess. And I like messes. That's it. <laughs> this is all just a bit just to do that, maybe. <laughs> Jacob, do you have an answer? Yeah, I hate Wolverine. I really do. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've always hated Wolverine. I think he's the worst X-Men out of all of them because of the fact that every, especially when they were doing the the, the cartoon, the 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 X uh, Wolverine and the X-Men, I was like, why the fuck That's is great Logan show, being the leader of the X-Men? Because, because Scott's in a really bad place. That's yeah, why. fuck that. I they made Scott the Wolverine. Yeah, Wolverine <laughs> is not Wolverine is not a leader. He is a guy that is sitting in the corner waiting for you to tell him to do something. That is what Logan has always been to me. He's not he's, he's existed. He's he's just yeah, he is the secure, he's the Jane in the Firefly crew that just does security and then and that's it. He's he's off to the side smoking a cigar. I always liked him when he's just, um, you know, just being an agent to be sent out. Like when he's sent out to go after the Hulk, you know, or something like that, or like he's um, department H. Exactly. Like I I really, I like dig that, but I don't like him when he's like, I don't like him when he's being a part of the team of the X-Men. I just, 
I just think he's just good being a loner and being an, uh, an outlander basically in, in the X-Men world. Um, I like those better, like, especially like old man Logan or like um, uh, Logan, when he's just uh, uh, Logan versus the Wolverine versus the uh, uni Marvel universe type of deal, that kind of stuff. That makes sense to me. Um, I just don't like, I, there was a time where so much Wolverine was being blown the fuck up. And I was like, yeah. do we really need to explain a lot more about this character other than the fact that he's lived for so long and heals and that's it. He just, he just, he's just a loner. I, I don't know. I just, I just hate that, that he puts, they, they keep trying to make him like a team player and stuff. And once in a while it works with like um, Josh Whedon's X-Men and stuff like that. But I just don't, yeah, I just don't like him. Um, I just don't like him. <laughs> can, I, can I guess what your favorite, like what your real favorite trait is about Wolverine though? Can I guess what that is? Sure. Is your favorite trait about Wolverine hashtag Eric for Wolverine? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's that was it. It was. I, thought I was genuinely saying, like, "Oh, what is he gonna say?" I thought you. Gonna say I figured Matt, that's what it was. I thought you could say hashtag Matt Barry for Wolverine because I can see that too. Holy but, shit! But that would be hilarious. It'd be, it'd be way too funny though. Now look here, Gene. <laughs> now look here, Gene Gray. Yes, yes, wrinkly ball sack. I need you to come here. All right, so I'm going to focus this back up because Adam has a PS. Uh, we're going to do a lightning round for this because we still got two more mailbags, guys. Um, he writes, PS, additionally, what are y'all's favorite graphic novels? Mine are Spider-Man Life Story, Batman Year One, Batman Year 100, Daredevil Born Again, Paper Girls, Sweet Tooth, Why the Last Man, Superman Birthright, Batman the Black Mirror, and X-Men God Loves, Man Kills. Lightning round, give me one favorite graphic novel. It doesn't have to be your most favorite, but a favorite that you love. I'm going to go uh, Superman Birthright. Uh, Star-Lord, uh, Grounded by Chip Zdarsky and Chris Yes, yes bitch. That's very Jacob. Uh, Tech Jacket by Doug Tenaple. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Hell nice. Yeah. It's a really good book. I Hell love yeah. that book. So uh, Adam, Adam, read all three of those and then get back to us and tell us what you thought. Yeah, uh, I yeah, absolutely. Fuck, he, I just realized he did put Superman Birthright in there. Um, oh, so I, so I will say um, um, Superman Smashes the Clam instead. Hell yeah. Uh, by yeah. Jean Lun Yang and Go to Hidu. That's Hell so yeah. Oh my God. Love that book. Oh, um, book. Jumping over to Mike Cox. Always good to hear from oh, michael cox what's up mac thanks for writing in i uh, says hey eric malcolm and jacob hope y'all have already seen thor love and thunder uh if not please wait to read this until after all three of you have done so we discussed this before yeah. um it is going to be a long while until malcolm sees the film and he yeah. has mostly been spoiled on the big stuff yeah uh not by us i will say that no Thank by the internet because the internet is a cruel and unhealthy place. Yes. But Jacob and I have seen it. Um, so we are going to go ahead and answer this. Uh, I will writes, pitch in as much as I can. <laughs> he writes, opening weekend has caused a bit of drama on everyone's favorite hellscape that is Twitter. And with also, I want to just mention that he wrote hellscape with one L because. Oh, love that. Yeah, that's good. Legit. Mike, my man. That's good. That's good. Mike, oh, my man. man. <laughs> uh, he writes, uh, what with fans getting upset, the film was too comical. I thought Ragnarok was more so. The VFX were rushed in some spots, sure, but these things are like 99% green screen and have been for a while now. And overall mm -hmm. attempting to tear down Taika Waititi as a director. Personally, I liked it. I saw it twice, first with my fiance and a second time because I have to get back to being on a third shift schedule. That's rough. 
Uh, the yeah. film definitely needed more gore and Valkyrie clearly had her plot line cut partially. I'm assuming to appease countries where having a lesbian relationship would be illegal. A scene of her Ugh. licking her sword definitely got cut for being too horny. Overall, it's nowhere near as bad as Twitter is trying Wait, to make it out to be. Wait, is that not in the movie? Not in the movie. That's uh, too bad. He writes, a little underpolished, sure, but still a good movie. My question for y'all is, what is your favorite joke or moment from Love and Thunder? My favorite joke is easily, oh, there's the God of Carpenters. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That is funny. Um, Jacob has seen it twice. Uh, <laughs> Jacob, I th- I've mentioned on the main podcast when I thought of it, what did you think of the film? And then um, what is, what was your favorite joke? What did I think of the film and then favorite joke afterwards? Okay. Um, this, I'm going to, I'm going to answer it with this. This movie deserved a Disney plus series that led up to it. It should have starred Dr. Jane Foster being, uh, finding out that she has cancer uh, becoming worthy of the Mjolnir while also dealing with some weird uh, business called Roxxon uh, with a certain Dario Agner, uh, uh, Dari Agar, or honestly, the volume that we just read with the she arts and everything like that, that, that should have been the Disney plus series of her going into space, stopping these gods being in, uh, and the she art and everything like that. While also, while also being proving herself to be the god of thunder, the mighty Thor, uh, and that should have led into this movie, which would have given her a little more, a little more backstory and a little more worthiness. Uh, Natalie, not just not just uh, Natalie Portman, but just the character itself needed to be fleshed out a lot more better and ta- and taken a lot more respect than what she was just in the movie cuz that was that was the biggest thing that hurt me was yeah. just was just how poorly they respected they rushed her character and how she how how right she was right she already had cancer she like boom it was like instant cancer she's in chemotherapy and i'm like we don't even get to see like how she got here or like what she's been doing since the you know since Thor, the, the dark world. Hell, it would have been great if she got the cancer from the ether that poisoned her body. Wouldn't that be interesting? Something like that. Um, it's too, I thought Thor Ragnarok was way more, was was funny, but I didn't like it because it was too funny for such, for such drama that um, Thor was going through in the sense of like losing his home and losing yeah, his friends. Really it was re- it could have been darker. This movie should have been darker and it was too lightened up by, I don't like improvisational like dialogue like uh, that's written down. You know, the, the pr- improv dialogue that, that comedy directors make the actors do to like make it seem like it's more natural. It felt like every scene was just structured to have a plot of what to talk about for subjects. And then they just improv the dialogue and it just didn't, it just felt sloppy. Um, I had no problem with the CGI. I thought it was pretty and great and pretty cool, but I hated there was no through line for for these. It was just character plots being led into the next situation. Now we go to now we go to omnipotent city to get Thor uh, to get Zeus as Zeus for for help against Thor. The saving grace for me out of this whole movie was uh, um, Christian Bale doing a Ralph Fiennes impression on crack as doing Voldemort. <laughs> it was so funny. 
It was so good. He, uh, the whole beginning of the movie with him, he's acting his heart. He is too good for this movie. <laughs> that was what was made me laugh was he's just too good for this movie. Even the first beginning of this, uh, of, okay. of what sets up his like story. Um, yeah. Valkyrie and Valkyrie and Cro- uh, what's his name? Cro- I hate, I hate what TDs. Yeah. I hate that character. That character hey, should have died indefinitely that like way sooner that character should have died sooner but um i just it's just a shame because they, they were just there they were just there to help this the the the, the plot go along i oh, man it was just a lot of it was a lot of things that just i wish they could have handled a little bit better and actually took a little more time um to develop better um everything else the good things about this though was just how good that cgi was and um, uh, it was great to see like a lot of the battle scenes too. Lady Thor, uh, what was it? Mighty Thor using Mjolnir's pieces to go into different places and stuff. Yeah, it was just, it's just overall like an okay movie, but it veered more to me not liking it because of just the humor and just not the care for, for these big subject matters. Like Jane having cancer is a big thing. And the ending was, and the way it ended was just not the way you should, uh, not the way I thought was going to happen. And it made me kind of upset <laughs> the way, the way it left it. Yeah. That's just me. And to actually answer his question, uh, your favorite joke. Honestly, it was, uh, the, it was the joke of the name. They were trying to get the name right. And just court going asshole. Right. And just like that, that, that was, that was the joke. It was just this one little joke. Just a joke about them getting the name and just hearing the word asshole in a Disney PG-13 movie was just fun. <laughs> it was just very funny to me. <laughs> it's something I didn't expect. I was just like, did he just say asshole? He just said asshole. <laughs> kind of a wild surprise. Yeah. So I I have, I have a feeling, Mike, that we might be of, of two minds with this. I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm really glad yeah. that you enjoyed it. Um, I did not. I, I had a real tough time with this movie. Um, I will disagree with Jacob. I thought the CGI was super poor. I didn't like it. I didn't it's like fair. it at all. Um, I thought there was there was certain redeeming qualities of it. Of course, there were certain things that I did like. Um, but overall, it's not a movie that I enjoyed, which sucks because I'm I'm the everything is at least really cool guy on twitter and in my friend group everyone's like oh at least eric will like it but this was a <laughs> uh, th- th- it was a tough watch for me mm-hmm. um yeah some of the comedy was good i what was it i i really enjoyed there's a moment when thor or yeah thor and valkyrie are talking about jane and uh thor is just like yeah you know there's there's no feelings there or whatever and valkyrie's like okay cool so then you're not you're not going to worry about this right and he's like wait what and he like look he looks at her and she's like don't worry we're on the same team and he's like oh okay and he she punches him she's like team jane and then walks away and i i like (laughs) the band i thought tessa thompson was great uh natalie portman was great and christian bale was great Unfortunately, everything around them was not great. So again, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm glad, I'm glad for people who do enjoy it because I don't go into things or come out of things being like, I didn't like this and I hope no one else likes this. It didn't work for me, 
but I'm glad that it worked for you, Mike. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's our that's our rambling review without being too uh, too negative or too heavily spoilery on it. Um, I'll let you know when I know. I'll let, let you know when he knows. He knows we'll plug like, it in. lots of the main stuff, but it's going to be a while since he or until he sees it. But, I know that he's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so um, thank you, Mike, for writing in. And then our final question comes from Dallas Taylor. Dallas. The Comics Collective Podcast. Uh, go huh. subscribe to them. They did a full episode last week as you were listening to this mm-hmm. on the entire run for uh, The Mighty Thor. Go check them out. They also nice. do uh episodes on comics every single week so go check them out uh dallas writes in a saga about a god wrestling with worthiness one could argue that the thesis statement of all seven years jason aaron spent on thor can be found right here in the asgard shiar war yes jane demonstrates to the shiar and to the reader what makes her worthy of being the god of thunder my question to you is what do you think jason aaron is saying about what makes a god worthy do you agree with him what do you think it means to be a person worthy of wielding Mjolnir? You guys are the best. Dallas Taylor. Thanks, Dallas. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm going to try to keep this short. Uh, I am not a very religious person. I was raised religious, uh, but I am not a practicing religious person. I have my difficulties with organized religion, but I also have my difficulties with uh, beliefs of faith and what faith should, where faith should be placed. I think that Jason Aaron's thesis on this is that faith should be not just placed in deities, but faith should also be placed in people. Um, mm-hmm. That there is a power in placing your belief in others and then your peers and in other people around you. Um, that there is just as much power in that as there is in believing in a cosmic force that is greater than oneself. Uh, which is a, a, a reason that I love this run is because that is a big personal belief of mine. So. Jacob? Yeah, I, I, I'm to, not too much right on the coattails here, but like, I think it, it's very much, very much in the sense of like, um, depending on regardless of how religious you are there if there was an actual if there is an actual god that's been very around in this world has in our world our reality right now uh he's been he's been very much neglecting us for a good while and um in the sense of what's been going on uh so to see i think what makes god worthy is the is the fact that the real gods are very omnipotent and arrogant and selfish and very much uh into themselves and rely on the 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 people to to pray for them to 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 give them praise when really what this i thought what this volume is saying is like uh jane is mortal Uh, we have to rely on ourselves to make the to to make our own godliness in the sense of like in the face of the natural disasters and things that happen we face them head on um, but we recover, we, we strive, we help each other. We, 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 we don't turn each other's back because of the fact of what, what just happened. No, we praise each other. We, uh, we build each other up every, every time we built this city in a sense, um, to, 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 to be as omnipotent as the gods themselves. Um, and in, in some ways it makes us even more worthy because of how, of of how the gods treat us you know that's it's kind of my take of that yeah 
I will say um, to balance what what Malcolm said, I am a religious person. I came into I was I was born and brought up as a child religious and then we fell out of it and then I came back to religion later on in my life and it is an interesting thing to think about what makes gods worthy of worship and what makes theoretically in fiction a god worthy of wielding Mjolnir of being able to fulfill what what you set out towards and oftentimes for me because when i was a kid when i was growing up my religion was comic books my religion was these superheroes and these fictional characters who did things not because they were easy but because they were right and we've we've made the comparison often in this book that this is very much a superman slash supergirl story and superman is a character who has the power to do whatever he wants but chooses to do the right thing every time and while it's not always the easy path and while it's not always the path that sometimes makes sense to everybody Mm -hmm. um what makes jane worthy what makes a god worthy is that they do they do things in service of others um i think what's interesting about this as you mentioned dallas in your email that this is kind of a thesis statement this this volume is it's a story of why what makes jane more worthy of worship than shara and kithri and for me it's the fact that they the the reason that they aren't worthy of worship is because they don't care about the people who worship them and just like with people there are bad people there's a lot of bad people unfortunately Mm -hmm. and unfortunately there are lots of you know in these stories there are lots of bad gods and in religion in general there's lots of bad gods yeah but what sticks out to me and the reason that people remember and still you know believe in these gods and these superheroes what always brought me back to characters like superman when i was growing up like thor like captain america like you know all of these superheroes that we regularly in pop culture worship is the fact that they believe in people and that they help the people that they believe in that they don't need a reason to do the right thing other than it's the right thing to do um often in superhero stories and anti-hero stories and especially you know after the bronze age where it was like the cool thing was to be a bad guy or the cool yeah. thing is to the anti-hero and all the that anti-hero shit. and all that stuff yeah um they there is value in those kinds of stories but i will always drift towards stories of people doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do over i am going to do the right thing because it hurts people or it you know it gets back its revenge or whatever um and that's like the hardest thing to do isn't it it's like to do the right thing is uh, no matter who what kind of person you are it is it is always the hardest thing to do the right thing because you have there's always a there's always a thought in your head 
of where you could be selfish or you could be something or like about the outcome of doing the right thing. It's always right. something, you know, you have to be pure of heart and heart of gold to like do the right thing sometimes. And it's hard. It's so hard sometimes. And it's why it kind of like it drives people to like mental illness. Sorry, Eric, I didn't mean to. No, no, no you're good. I, I just, I just, I, I just know, I just know this as personal experience. It is very hard to do the right thing. It is. Uh, and, and to get to what, you know, Dallas was saying, like, what does Jason Aaron saying about what makes a God worthy? It's, I think what we've talked about, it's that doing the right thing is hard, but you should do it anyway. Mm-hmm. And the reason that people believe in these gods because they care about people do i agree with him absolutely 100 percent. i think that i i do believe that jason aaron comes from a like a midwest very religious background mm-hmm. which is why he has su- so much challenge. to say yeah um yeah. and you can see it in his other works as well stuff mm-hmm. like uh southern bastards mm-hmm. um Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's working Wolverine. I didn't know he uh, wrote Wolverine that. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, and his last question: What do you think it means to be a person worthy of wielding Mjolnir? It's again, I think what makes Jane worthy is that she believes that no matter she, what makes Jane worthy is that she doesn't believe in worthiness. The yeah. cool thing about you know the Hammer of Mjolnir is that it's supposed to be an elite club. It's this idea that you have to be worthy. And what does worthy mean? And like with stories like Into the Spider-Verse, anybody can be worthy. Mm -hmm. As long as they believe in people and they want to help people. That's exactly it. So that's Jane's superpower is that, you know, she wants to help people regardless of what it means, regardless of how hard it is. Yes. Yes. I, I think in... As a semi-related note, um, Sam Wilson put it perfectly in Falcon and Winter Soldier. My superpower is that I believe we can do better. Yeah. We can strive to be better. Yeah. That's what exactly. endeared me to that character. That's what endeared me to Superman. And that's what endears me to Jane. Mm-hmm. So Dallas, hope we answered your question as long-windedly as, as we possibly could. Yeah. Great question, Thank Dallas. To, great question. Uh, thank you to Dallas, Adam, and Mike for writing in. And Thanks, as Lutz. always, if you want to be part of the book club mailbag, write in to geeksplained at gmail.com. Put terrific mailbag or ultimate mailbag in the subject header, and we will read it here on the book club. But that does it for this week. Next week, we are heading into a very trying time for the Mighty Thor. This is Next it. week, we are covering... Mighty Thor issues 20 through 23, 700 through 706, and the one shot at the gates of Valhalla. Because we are covering the rise of the war Thor, the rage of the Mangog, and the death of the mighty Thor. Synopsis goes like this. Let me pull this up here. Who is the War Thor? The Ultimate Universe's Thor died defending the multiverse, but his hammer remains. Who wields it now? Ponder that question along with Jane Foster, the Mighty Thor, as she faces the ultimate team-up. War is coming to the Ten Realms. 
but and when the Queen of Cinders sets them ablaze, even the combined might of not one, not two, but three Thors may not be enough to put out the flames. Plus, let me pull this up here. Uh, Marvel Legacy hits Asgard with a bang, the death of the mighty Thor. The final judgment comes as the Mangog arrives, and the battle rages as Jane Foster's cancer takes a turn for the worst, and she might not have to wait for the final judgment at all. The clock is ticking. The War of the Realms is spreading, and Mjolnir cannot save her this time. It's the beginning of the end as the tragic and heroic story of Jane Foster finally reaches its heart-rending zenith. So, next week, we are covering the end of the Mighty Thor. This is the end of an era, the end of an era that ended too soon. Once again, issues 20 through 23, issues 700 through 706, and the one-shot at the gates of Valhalla is going to be a big one. It's going to be a tough one. Part seven next week, the death of the mighty Thor. Be there or be square, not a circle, but for now, for the Geek Explained Book Club, I've been Eric Azana. I'm Malcolm Austin Nelson. And I'm Jacob Brown. (laughs) And we will see you next time. Do the right thing. Don't think about it. Do the right thing.
I just yeah. missed Don Blake. <laughs> I, I miss Don Blake so much. I miss well, Don Blake. If you, if, if you miss Donald Blake, Jake, could be you should read the, the Donnie Cates run. They bring him back, and he's just the same as he was before. No, Jacob, I'm, he's not the same as he was before. He's, he's exactly scary. the same as he was he's before. Scary. Nothing I'm, has changed. <laughs> Donald Blake scary. is the same lovable guy we've all known him to be. Hey, I'm already getting it. I'm already getting my rocks off from like this this store right here. Your rocks off. Right. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. got him. There you go. Got him. <laughs> got him. <laughs> <laughs> got him. <laughs>